By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know how many times you got shot. Hey, I just want to talk to him. What? I just want to have a word with him. Talk Relax. to him, Mark. No, why is he moving around down. in my backseat? It's like, man, the motherfucker fidgeting in your car. You shoot first and you ask questions. Later. Shoot! You shoot first and you ask questions later. You just met him. Fidgeting, man. I'm right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. Say that again. Come on. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong, you know. And I'm sorry because I could be wrong right now. I could be wrong right now. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. Oh, sorry. I had you muted. My bad. <laughs> One more time. I'm Ben. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to bring you on camera first. There we go. Uh, don't don't, don't want to see me. I'm all gray and unshaven. <laughs> you just old. That's all. I am older. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm just older. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened so far, of course. Uh, this is episode 162. Um, I'm still a little congested, but yeah. it's back. the changing of the weather. <laughs> so uh, we have a returning guest. Uh, the last time he was on, we talked about, um, was it the Neptunes in search of? Yes, yeah. actually. I have, an hor- I have a horrible memory, so. Nice. All right, so. Nice. uh Returning, we have Eric, aka Mean Mugga Eleven. I don't know if he even still uses that anymore. I do not. Probably <laughs> uh, <laughs> known as Mean Mugga Eleven. You gotta, you gotta um, say it for historical context. Uh, and the um, founder of Stream School. That's right on, on YouTube. YouTube. So, uh, Eric, welcome to the welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for the reinvitation. Of course. So, um, I'm going to bring us all on screen here. There we go. Where are we streaming this, by the way? This is on, on our Facebook page. All right. Facebook is all. Yes. Um, so, uh, what have you been listening to lately, Eric? Not a lot. Um, I've been listening to Silk Sonic. That's probably the mm-hmm. last time I listened to like a new album because I've been <laughs> I'm very bad at listening to new music I say that every Same. time I get on this podcast which <laughs> makes me feel like oh, I shouldn't be on this podcast I get nervous <laughs> like <laughs> they're gonna talk about all the new stuff and everything that's going on so I have listened to Silk Sonic I love it um the other album I've been listening to a lot is uh Zoe and Tall Black Guy it's an album called Abstractions um they're both mm-hmm. producers from Detroit and they have um, some featured artists on there it's pretty short good easy listen so nice. those are the main two things. Okay. All right. Uh, ben, what have you been listening to? Oh, geez. I got to get on my Spotify because I don't remember. I started listening to the, the new Silk Sonic, and I, I think I got busy and couldn't. But um, so far, really, really, really good production on it that I've heard. Because um, I'm always on TikTok, so I just really listen to whatever's there. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give someone a shout-out. I have no clue if he'll ever hear this, but Alex Melton. He's – um. He has a YouTube channel and he is he's um he does pop punk covers of songs but then he also does um <laughs> I guess he could I think he called it at one point the alternative or maybe someone else did but he does country versions 
and like bro country versions of mm-hmm. just like emo songs or just whatever. Like, and I did this last week. Actually, I had a show last week at a dog park that I played a lot. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, did he do a cover of? I mean, I don't know if I showed you the video or may have showed Brandon, but the it was um an emo version. Well, no, like a country version of Ohio is for lovers. No, but I want to hear that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same guy. Um, yeah, he does all the he does um ah oh God, the Panic of the Disco song. I write sins, not tragedies. He has a and I and basically it's just that same bro country chord progression that you hear. He just plays it over that. <laughs> and it works. Um and so I was at a show last week and I needed material. So what did I do? I started playing that song. Hmm. And I threw in um, some Fallout Boy as well over the same progression. It, it just all works. Um, but he's got a lot of really good stuff. He's got like a bunch of Blink-182 covers. He does a really good acoustic cover of the MGMT song, um, Electric Feel. It's really, really cool. Um, but then he'll have like, you know, his pop punk covers. He'll do one of like, um, I think he's got his latest pop punk cover might be Montero, Call Me By My Name. Does a really cool four on the floor bass, um, kick drum, rhythm for the verse, or not for the verse for the chorus. Just really amps it up. So I give him a shout out. I think he just got signed. Actually, I don't know what he's gonna be doing, like original music or what. But he announced it on his Instagram page. He just signed the contract. So shout out to him. All right. Um, I've been listening to um, uh, some acid jazz. I don't know if you're familiar with that genre like, is that at all. Acid? Well, I'm, I'm, I know it is. I was going to give you a hard time. Like, you taking acid while you listen to jazz? <laughs> Maybe some of them did. <laughs> but um, um, Brand New Heavies, Soul to Soul, Jamiroquai. Um, they Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth is considered acid jazz. Okay. Um, really good episode of um, yeah. 60 Songs That Define the 90s about that song. I never knew where he got that sample from. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he talks about that. Brings it, was, it together uh, really, really well. Yeah. It was a cover a, of a, a Jefferson cover. Airplane yeah. song. Yeah. Really, really good episode. Um, yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of that. Uh, and some, some I see that some artists are considered, I mean, some artists that we know of, some of their music is considered uh, this subgenre, um, uh, diggable planets. It's considered that, um, Erica Badu, um, there was another one, uh, common, uh, sounds like incense hip hop. Like that's basically acid. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's essentially the way I've always seen it defined is jazz music with a drum machine. That's kind of what I get. I mean, and Jamiroquai really kind of more so goes into funk sometimes than jazz, but, like, they can go jazzy, too. Like, I think of Rock Dust Light Star, which is an amazing song, where they get very jazzy. But, like, it's funny because we always talk about how disco died over here. Jamiroquai is huge overseas. Like, they're yeah. still, like, they're still going strong to this day. Um, Like, I think, like, 10 albums in. Wow. But, like, no one really, you know. Yeah, that happens a lot. Well, know, virtual they, heard, insanity. they heard virtual insanity, <laughs> and then they heard Can Heat, uh, yeah. which y'all heard, which you uh, have heard in Napoleon Dynamite. They heard that, like, oh, disco, and then yeah. we never. Even though All Right, <laughs> for some reason, got a lot of play on BET back in the day. Hmm. 
And it was kind of like a funk disco because track. Because they but think like, the lead singer's black. Yeah, they really... He, and he kind of looks it. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, he kind of looks like a British John B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only he, you know, he moves around more. And apparently it's very vulgar in concerts. If you don't believe me, look up their live version of... Um, it's a Rolling Stones song. The do 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 do. What's the uh, miss you? Yeah, mm. yeah. He says some really vulgar things to a woman in the crowd who is oh not like mean. Oh okay. Like I mean, you know, not like mean spirited, but like you just like holy crap! You uh, you get canceled in America for that. Yeah. So um, we have to start the the this episode on a somber note, and I'm gonna play a news clip courtesy of CBS. It is the type of news that left many in utter disbelief. It's kind of shocking. I thought it was a MILF. With others driving <clears throat> three hours from Mississippi to Memphis <clears throat> with hopes of learning more about the violent attack against rapper Young Dolph, a man who proclaimed to be the, quote, king of Memphis. His fans agreeing. Oh, I love your Dolph. He did so much for the city. I will, I will, you know, prayers to his family. And prayers for Young Dolph's extended family. We're talking about those from the streets of South Memphis specifically. His fans gathered to reflect on the many times a 36-year-old Memphis-raised rapper would come back in order to give back. Young Dolphin shot a free show. He paid for everything. He paid for artists to come out when he coming up artists. You know, I, you know, I appreciate everything he done for the hood. Sadly, the same streets he loved so much is where he would take his last breath. Once you get out the streets, you make a way out, you stay out. However, it is those who know the streets police are hoping will come forward with information leading to those responsible. At sundown, the investigation was still ongoing with more questions and answers. There are certainly a lot of moving parts, something we have learned from a source. This deadly attack was likely captured on surveillance considering it's surrounded by multiple businesses. Something else we have learned, police, they're not looking for one shooter, but several shooters. A sad day for fans who are still grappling with grief. Well, the streets will take you under, you know. Reporting in South Memphis, Jarita Patterson, WREG News Channel 3. All right, so um, for those who did not, um, who had not heard that news, uh, Young Dolph from uh, Memphis was uh, shot and shot and killed. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. That happened uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, you know, I, and I found out the way a lot of people find out these kind of things. It was on social media. So yeah. One person said it. Then a couple people see a couple of posts. And I went over to Twitter and just waited for TMZ to confirm it. And they did. Um, and I'm not someone who's like, terribly familiar with his music it's someone like i you know i, I saw him at hawks games a couple times yeah. uh you know um so in the in the south a lot of people a lot of people know of him um uh but it's just a um i mean it's it's sad he, he had two kids uh, he's married he's young. um 36 <laughs> years mm -hmm. old and he was shot in front of um uh, a cookie shop called Makita's and it was it was a it was part of his like daily routine or it's something he normally does like he'll stop and, and go to that exact cookie shop um uh because I think I think either he helped them get the spot or he just endorsed them um it was a, a black owned cookie shop uh, named after uh their daughter who had died of leukemia I think mm -hmm. something like that so um 
it was supposed to be a normal day, yeah. you know. Um, one thing that I did hear though that I don't know if this this might be uh, more your lane, Ben, since you're into conspiracies, <laughs> but <laughs> um, Young Dolph, uh, Mo Three, King Von, and XXX Tentacion mm-hmm. were all have been murdered. And they were all under Empire Records for their distribution deal. People think they're trying to off their artists? It's That's what some people are speculating, basically. I mean, this is no worse than the, and since you mentioned conspiracies, this is no worse than the Pearl Jam, Travis uh, Scott <laughs> conspiracy I just sent you. So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why you would want to off your artists if they're making you money. Especially XXX Tentacion. Like, that's a cash cow that you just you put down. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's a lot of, like, if that's your business plan, not a good one. And you, and uh, these distribution companies, or at least record companies, take insurance policies out of Oh, so artists. one big payment versus future earnings? Hmm. I guess. I mean. What, what, what do you think, Eric? Do you buy it? <laughs> that conspiracy? I have no idea. I have no idea about the inner workings of uh, these record labels. I'm also not a big conspiracy guy, oh, um, conspiracy depending guy, on yeah. stuff. Uh, something interesting that did happen, though. The main thing I know about Young Dolph, I'm not very familiar with his music. I know he's from Memphis. Mm-hmm. The other notable thing I know about him is that he had beef with Yo Gotti. I think it was Yo Gotti. I really? I'm saying the right rapper. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Yo Gotti. I think um, Yo Gotti is also from Memphis. If I yeah, right. And that's yeah. probably where the feud comes from. But like, before the news came out, he tweeted, um, before the news came out, but seemingly shortly after it happened, mm-hmm. based on the uh, the timeline of Twitter, he tweeted out, yo, I got a question. And he got what the kids call ratioed because everybody was quote retweeting him. Like, hey, we got questions too. Like, what the mm. fuck? So, oh. Yeah. Uh, people on social media at least are suspecting him or at least some foul play involving him in some way because of that uh, very vague tweet at a very weird time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen news also that uh, I don't know if there was beef with Soldier Boy, <clears throat> but uh, Soldier Boy has been pulled from the Millennium Tour. Uh, he was set to perform this coming Sunday at FedEx Forum in Memphis. Oh. Um, hmm. So it's been announced that he will not perform there or in St. Louis. Um, it was made to preserve the safety of the artist on <clears> tour. <throat> and um, he had, Soldier Boy had mentioned Young Dolph a few days prior. Hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think he took this news very well because the Shade Room put the, the news out that he won't be performing. Uh, and then Soulja Boy said, I'm still getting paid. Shrug emoji. What him die I got to do with me? Oh, my God. I'm trying to see my fans. <sighs> yeah, Soldier Boy. Two things about Soldier Boy. Um, one, I think he beefs for fun. I think he's kind of like <laughs> the game in that way where he's like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm irrelevant right now. Let me see what I can do to drum up some attention. That's the vibe I get from him. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is that Soulja Boy is always about the finessing. I, um, as some of you know, I'm 
an avid gamer, and he was under some fire from Nintendo for some mm. bootleg consoles he was doing. Oh, yeah. And um, also from under uh, Atari, he said that, what did he say? He's like the CEO of Atari. Anyway, he lied about some video he game to say shit. He was the CEO of Atari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's what it was. And Atari's like, oh, no. Uh, so, Soldier Boy, I, I don't know how culpable he might be in this situation, but I do know that he loves attention, as, uh, you know, most entertainers do. So, oh, well. But he also, of course, as you may know, got some flack from Kanye in the uh, Drink Chaps interview. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't see the whole thing. Um, the only really the only clip I saw is what Kanye said about Big Sean and Big Sean's like, <laughs> like what? What, well, what did he say? Because I've, I've well, been hearing like his, Big Sean's excerpts about uh, him talking about well, Kanye, Kanye said that his biggest regret. Is signing Big Sean? What he said some shitty things about. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Why is that his biggest regret? I, from the clip I saw, he didn't really go into it. He just oh, said I, the clip I regrets. saw, Big Sean was saying Kanye was the hardest person he ever he's ever worked with, and he remembers getting his first check signed by Donda, Kanye's mm. mom. He talked about I was like I remember getting my first check signed by Donda. I was like, oh snap! Wow. Kinda... Yeah. Uh, that was, I, I don't think it's really, it's not really anything as far as like what he said. I think, you know, it's called drink champs. They are drinking, Mm -hmm. right? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine doing a podcast drunk. Um, so that was really, uh, oh, well. I'd see here though, speaking of Yo Gotti, I I Googled him. They shut down his restaurant Mm. after the killing. I know a curfew was set. For um for the city, because some, I guess people were afraid of riots or, or retaliation. I would imagine so. Um, anything that affects. So a, a curfew has been set. So um, it's a tense time in Memphis right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, apparently there's there's surveillance footage. There is a lot of surveillance cameras in that area. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're operable because. A lot of times it's like, oh, they, you know, they're they just some, <laughs> well, some, um, some screenshots have come out. Oh, um, they were, yeah, I, it was at least two, two guys. Uh, they're both wearing, um, they're both wearing masks. So I don't know if they got a good look at their face and they drove away. And I think a silver, a silver car, hmm. I think it was a two door. Hmm. I don't I there might be more but those those came out on someone posted those on Facebook. I don't know how they got them, but um yeah, so I I feel like it's going to um there'll be some kind of conclusion to that pretty soon. Hopefully not not violent, but yeah. Um so you mentioned listen you listen to Silk Sonic. Um I listened to to the album as well. Uh, some people don't like that it's just nine songs. I love short like, albums nowadays. Like I look at it as well, they focused on making nine good songs mm-hmm. instead of and fourteen mediocre ones. Like twenty four karat magic is just nine songs. Yep. Yeah. So, love that album too. like yeah, focus Morris on is, making yeah. a handful of great songs. If you get to nine, great. And instead of a bunch of mediocre stuff, yeah. a bunch of filler. <clears throat> so um, I could appreciate that. 
Uh, one person who I feel like doesn't appreciate it because she she does stuff like this is Taylor Swift. So I'm assuming you you listened to the right time with Bomani Jones. You heard him talk compared things. Go ahead, because there's something I want to speak to that he said as well in the in the art well, in the it, podcast about producers and stuff. Well, um, I guess just with the with her releasing Red Taylor's version um, at the same time, she's done it before. Even though, like Ben told me that she had this this release date for a while. Yeah, I don't I don't think they have any beef, which is why I don't. No, think no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. it's it, she very did it to Kanye and Katy Car- Perry yeah. on purpose. Like that was. When Katy Perry put out her album, Taylor Swift stuff wasn't on Spotify, but Oops. she put it back on mm, Spotify. That was the day she was like, oh, whoops, let me just go ahead and... <laughs> nice. And um, which album came out at the same Reputation time? came out on the day that Kanye's mother passed, on the anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh, I don't know if that was of for death. real. Right. I don't know if she did that, but that's the rumor. Right. Like, it is actually, it is the day that it happened. Whether she did it intentionally... Right. Hmm. Don't know, but everyone's saying that she did. I'm just like, that's. Well, it sounds like she's. That's just she's mean got a, spirited. She's got a few coincidences. <laughs> so. <laughs> if you smell poop everywhere you go, you know, check yeah. your own pants, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, her, her, the red Taylor's version has surpassed half a million units in five days. I know it's not 1999 anymore. I listened to her version of a million Better a Man. Oh, it's it's not good. Mm-mm. She's just not a good enough singer. I mean, and I can. Well, I, that's why she gave the song I'm to a somebody fan, else. <laughs> and I, I can. I feel like I'm like I can say that because I'm a fan. But like in all actuality, she's just not a great singer. Hmm. And so the singer from Little Big Town, whose name escapes me, just does a better job. I mean, it's the production's better, which also goes to. Um, something I heard someone say a while back that she has benefited from working with really good producers in the past. And um, because I, I think if she does her own production and arrangement, she's just not that creative. Not a knock against her. I mean, yeah. a lot of people work with good producers. Um, well, Eric, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, it's about in the last episode about what happened at Astroworld. Yes. Okay. And um, there's an article here from Billboard asking the question, Will Astroworld worsen the rap against hip-hop concerts? Um, do you think that um, what happened there is going to um, hurt how rap concerts go going forward? Or do you think it was kind of, it was this was a Travis Scott thing, this isn't a rap con generic thing? I think for people who know hip-hop, it's a Travis Scott thing. I think for outsiders looking in, it might be seen as a hip hop thing. We all know that Travis Scott, even if we're not super familiar with his music, which I'm not very familiar with his music, um, but I do know that he has a punk aesthetic and I know that he tries to replicate that vibe when it comes to his concerts. And punk, punk and grunge, because we talked about yeah. how he's heavily influenced by Kurt Cobain yeah. and Pearl Jam, apparently. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, generally hip hop concerts aren't, like that like Mm -hmm. with like intense moshing that doesn't stop and i'm sure you've all seen articles and comments from people outside of hip-hop saying that there is an etiquette when it comes to moshing and if somebody falls you pick them up and you know that is the etiquette when it comes to it yeah so i mean us we know that but outsiders they're just gonna look at it as like oh this hip-hop thing these guys don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. which 
I mean, Travis didn't know what he was doing, clearly, no. because several <laughs> people, di- 10, I think. We're up to 10, 10 now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to look bad for hip hop, even though I think um, knowing that Travis himself is probably just the the isolated incident. And I'm not saying Travis is like, is at fault for everything and it's all his fault. But I do think as an artist, he um, is more isolated than like anybody else in hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't think many, I don't think anybody who's doing that in hip hop is that big and influential. So <sighs> hopefully we don't have to see this again. Obviously, I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but I have noticed ever since it happened, there's like every two days or so, there's some cringy video of some artist like um, SZA comes to mind. And she's like, oh, stop, stop moshing everybody. I'm like, you're SZA. Nobody's moshing. Who's like, moshing to SZA? <laughs> Who's moshing to SZA? And that's all I'm like, you guys are just doing this for like promo and clout yeah. and, you know, whatever you got to do. Like, oh, God, it's stop moshing. Uh, uh, some some <laughs> other cringy things have happened oh, since God. then. Like, Travis Scott put out like the oh, little apology video. The and then there are parodies mm-hmm. of the apology video. Yeah. Um, and some people have made videos kind of making fun of like they're using that filter where you where, like where you're in a crowd okay. that TikTok filter where you're in yeah. a crowd mm-hmm. and then someone just falls and then someone like looks and then they just keep watching. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's um the internet has made comedy something else because there's no filter like, no there's none no one's going to there's just somebody who's waiting to do it first and if you're small enough who's going to cancel you right you just yeah. get the call all two of your followers so in um, actuality i will say this too there is supposed to be mosh etiquette mm-hmm. um at at hardcore shows punk shows stuff like that they don't always follow it but yeah there course. is supposed to be etiquette um, I've actually been avoiding going to metal shows because I'm nervous about that. So I, I'll be curious to see what happens, you know, what happens now with that in general. This this question actually brings me back to, was it Backstage, the, the documentary you watched, mm-hmm. where they were just like going in about like the type of people that come to rap shows and how the um, promoters were nervous and everything. And like they made the point that was like, dude, you you go to a metal show and you look at what they're doing, like we're we're tame compared to that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is interesting because like that's what like during the yeah like during the uh, press conferences for that particular tour, that's what people were asking basically questions about like, you know, you think all the artists are going to get along and you think they'll uh, um. and this was one of the first tours of its kind where it's like so many artists, but it's right. an arena tour and it's going to be not just black people there, but it's yeah. gonna, there, there are going to be white fans there as well. And this was what, 2000? 99. 99, yeah, 99, 2000. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, you know, so there were like, is there going to be violence and, and all that kind of thing, which is kind of relate to what with Astroworld here because um, there has been that, there's still that bias mm-hmm. about, um, about what could happen at a hip hop concert to where the artist or the whoever pays for it, they had to pay um, event insurance mm-hmm. and they could pay as much as five times more than, than average uh, to cover if the concert gets canceled, if there's property damage or if people get hurt. And one former promoter, uh, this is an article from billboard 
says that he was asked to pay up to five times more for insurance coverage on hip hop shows in the 2010s. And when he brought a complaint to the local insurance commissioner, he was told that as a private company, the insurer could Mm. charge whatever it wanted. I think it's easy to play the race card on this one. And I'm not going to say that that would be incorrect to do. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, um, it was like the not like 99 2000s. I'm thinking like that's shortly after Biggie and Tupac had both mm-hmm. been gunned down because of uh, presumably rap beef. So I think they were thinking like gun violence and if like yeah. how, do the artists get along? Are we going to have another one of those situations? And now, you know, you know, I just kind of speculated. But I guess the, the weird thing is, though, with mm-hmm. that, when did it happen at a show? Yeah, it's never. But <laughs> but what I thought about, too, was the Source Awards and the Source Awards were notorious Okay, that Four. was one time. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like we're that sitting here talking time. about gun violence. Meanwhile, Dimebag Daryl gets gunned down at a metal show on stage. Mm. The guy walks right up to yeah, him. Yeah, like just walks up to him in like broad concert lighting. I haven't heard the story. Yeah, no, that's how Dimebag so, Daryl yeah, died. Yeah, Dimebag like, Daryl was uh, metal the band icon. called Pantera. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wasn't in Pantera anymore though. He yeah, was he in wasn't in Pantera. Plan. Because yeah. the guy who shot him, he was playing with a, another band. Mm-hmm. Salty. Playing with, playing with, he was playing in another band. They're playing a show. Like right when the show starts, the guy walks up to him and shoots him twice. From the crowd or on the stage? From the crowd. Wow. Yeah. Well, he he went up to the stage. Oh wow. Yeah. And it came with that he was he was so he blames Dimebag Daryl for Pantera breaking up. Oh, and they break God. they've been broken up for years or yeah. something like that. Or he wasn't in the band for years or something like that. Yeah. Wow. That's ridiculous. Or wow. the um the the girl who was on I think she was on The Voice. Oh, they got shot by a fan. They got shot by a fan yeah, yeah, like yeah. after a show Christina Grimmy. Yeah, she was a YouTuber but too. Doesn't happen at but you know, you never hear about this happening at hip hop shows. At least that not that I'm aware of. Right. I th- I think the um but the, the bias comes from like yeah. I don't I don't hear about a, a lot of uh, people in other genres being violently killed in general. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yes, you can say like, yeah, I, w- I will say, yeah, there's a race like people don't like hip hop, even <laughs> even though it's the most popular, whatever. Um, you're going to have the older white people who are just going to be like, oh, fucking yeah, inward music. The ones that make the, the decisions. Mm-hmm. And set yeah. The prices yep, the higher and... ups. But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and actually, that was one of the next things they say here. Uh, one music manager said, "There's a real risk that this is going to be seen as a black issue, and that black shows are particularly violent." The reality is, it's not actually that common that you see something like this at a black show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, pe- people being scared of black people—that's <laughs> been a, a common thing on a few of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna. Last I read, seven hundred fifty million dollars is what they're up to for the lawsuits Ooh. against him. Yeah, I did read that. I did read that's that. That's a lot of money. They joked that he was gonna ask. Um, I forgot which uh, gender. Uh, which not Jenner. gender. Jenner. <laughs> Jenner. He was. <laughs> wow, was that a Freudian slip or what? <laughs> <laughs> which Jenner he was with? Kylie, is it Kylie? Is with? I have no clue. I don't that's know which hilarious. one he's with. They're saying that. That's I, hilarious. Okay, Kylie. Yes. They're saying that he was gonna ask her to dig in her purse for the seven fifty million. I mean, she. I don't know how liquid she is, but the, I mean, that family's got a lot of scrilla. Yeah, they do. Is that still the thing to say? Scrilla? No, but I don't bread. Know. <laughs> Scratch. I did. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I, am I? Am I? I saw a bead today that said, um, <laughs> "You are never betrayed by your age more than by the slang you refuse to let go." Mm. I, I don't even use that word often either. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad dope came back around. So me too. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of people were commenting, "Tight, 
Yeah, I'm still waiting. On, I'm still waiting on Titan to come back. I'm like, yeah. Who's trying to bring back Titan for Sheezy? I'm trying to bring back Titan. For Sheezy, not so much. Tight. Yeah, it's, it's quick. It's punchy. Tight. It's tight. It's tight, yo. It's literally tight. I tried to bring back Fresh for a bit, but Fresh would be nice. Nobody was really buying it. Uh, someone Wife said made boom, shaka laka. Ooh, no. <laughs> Too much work. Yeah, I, I mean, every now and then, in the syllables. privacy of yeah. my own home, I will say certain things and get looks from my wife, who's like, she's like five years older than me, or younger than me. So she's just like, no, that was never cool. I'm like, it was at one point. You just don't remember. <laughs> you just weren't allowed to listen to rap at that point. You're just a jive turkey. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Word. <laughs> you jive turkey. Um, I'm busting that out this weekend. Thank oh, you. <laughs> so uh, real quick, for those who are fans of the Grateful Dead, uh, there's going to be a biopic made about them uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. So it's going to be four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> and like really loud. Well, if it was a documentary, <laughs> yes. But a movie, a three bi- and a half. Dude, I was going to say like that. How long was The Wolf of Wall Street? Like, it was like three and a half three hours. Long. Like balls to the wall. Like it's going to be, especially there's a lot of drug use. I imagine, I don't know a ton about The Grateful Dead, but I know there's a lot of drugs. And uh, Jerry Garcia, oh, the only name I know yeah, from The Grateful Dead. Name. Is set to be played by Jonah Hill. Hmm. Oh, hey, you know he did he did well in The Wolf of Wall Street. You he, know? He's been nominated for two Oscars, but I still don't think he can act. Mm, yeah, well, That's I mean, just me, though. When does John Mayer come in? I'm kidding. That was <laughs> no, please, Deadheads. I don't know if I just I'm scared of fan armies in general, but um, I don't. Okay, so I remember now. I sent you another. I did send you this article. Um, the Almond Brothers are finally going to get a proper documentary. Um, oh yeah, because the one we we talked about goodness. was pathetic. Like it was sad. It was like like you ever see a PBS documentary? A step below that. <laughs> and it was unauthorized, so like yeah. no members of the band would talk. No family members of the band would talk. Oh. It was just some folks that knew them. Oh. But like. Like, like didn't even three really or four them. degrees separated. It's like, oh man, we played with them now when they lived in Daytona, and you know, we knew uh, we knew Dwayne was gonna be big. Wow. Did you know when he was big? No, he didn't call us back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, come on, man, do do this guy an honor. So finally, probably one of the more underrated bands of, of uh, actually all time. Uh, Martin Scorsese has already done the biopic, uh, the documentary about the Grateful Dead. Called Long Strange Trip, came out four years ago. Oh, I don't know how long it is. Six. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Six but no, hours. I'm very, I'm very anxious to see because he, Martin Scorsese, loves long films, dude. Yeah. And they're loud and they're aggressive. Like I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I might see it. I don't like, like you though. I know nothing about the Grateful Dead. I know a touch of Gray, and that they used to play really long shows. And now John Mayer is there, is tours with them. That's all I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Well, let's move over to the charts. Um, Ooh, charts. Number one this week. It's I think it's been number one the whole time. Uh, the that it's been since it was released. Easy on me by Adele. Um, I. I it's not going anywhere. <laughs> The song of the fall. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. No one says. No one says. This will be playing at Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> all across it. America and Europe if they celebrate it there. I don't know if they do. 
Um, I don't know if you followed what uh, like when Hello came out and how big that song mm-hmm. was. And I really think it was it just came from people were just hungry for Adele for new Adele, you know, and I don't know how like that anticipation was really built because you see like with a, with other artists, especially rap artists like I think Future got to come up with an album every six months, yeah, or like people will forget about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, for her to come out with a song for a first single in five years and people have been playing it over I don't know how many plays it has. It's probably past half a million right now. People are just like I'm oh, sorry, it's like she half never a left. Yeah. Oh, welcome her back into our homes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see. I feel like it's it's passing half a billion. Well. Not quite. Well, I mean, I don't On know overall, service? but Spotify, yeah. 277 million. Okay. So, I, funny enough, Rolling in the Deep does not have a billion. But someone like you does. Hmm. I didn't, I would have never guessed that. Well, I mean, it's supposed to, like, uh, hmm. was it, was it Tim who called Adele ex-wife music? I think he did because we were we were going through because I think I said um, Keisha Cole was like um, single girl music or something like side that. Side chick. Music. Side ch- no, that's SZA. You said SZA. Was oh, side SZA chick side chick music. <laughs> and I said that um, Keisha Cole was like upset, angry woman music, and then he said Adele was ex wife music. No. <laughs> I can totally hear it. Um, and this is this is totally an ex-wife song. Yeah, take it easy on me. I was just hello is an ex-wife song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Someone like you is an ex-wife song. Oh God, water under the bridge, ex-wife song. <laughs> Rolling the deep, ex-wife song. Oh God, chasing pavements, ex-wife They're all, song. Oh no, no. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So what happens when she finds happiness? Well, That's we'll see. Man. We'll see how it goes. I mean, or we gonna get Rich an Paul. album about Rich Paul? <laughs> That's when she makes the dance album. That's when it happens. That's when it happens. Like she can't be sad anymore. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Sherman Showcase. Have you heard of that show? I've not. It's a show on um, on IFC. It's a it's a it's a sketch comedy show, but it's they created this world which is basically a parody of Soul Train. Oh, okay. In which. Uh, Sherman is the Don Cornelius, but he's not only hosts the this show, but he does all these other things. He produces movies. He he sells uh, all these different products. But in the parody of the Soul Train part, they had uh, it was an actress playing Mary J. Blige. It was coming out with her new single, and it was like a happy song, and everyone's <laughs> yeah. like standing there. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> She's actually the first artist that came to mind when, when y'all mentioned ex-wife music. I'm like, mm, you can make a case for Mary. Yeah, you really could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I w- yeah. She, the she one happy too. song she has, what was that? Um, Family Philly, Fair? No, the just Philomar- Fine? Yeah, Just Fine. Oh, yeah. Trying too hard. She was trying to dance. Yeah. and. <laughs> but then, I like, hear real love. During the performance, she gets a... She gets a call and it's it's her boyfriend or her husband 
saying that he and he's saying that he's leaving her. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then she and then she she starts to get sad, and everyone's getting excited because oh. it's. About to... <laughs> Hold on, when did that come out? Because Family Guy did the same bit with Taylor Swift. Uh, it was last year. Oh wow! I don't know when theirs came out. I think it was before that though. They did a. They basically she gets a crush on Chris, and she starts singing happy songs, and her fans are booing her. <laughs> And they're like, you know what you have to do. So Chris dumps her, and she starts like writing a mean song about him, and all her friends are like, "Yay, this is what we want." This is, yeah. And I don't know if she voiced him, voiced Taylor Swift, but I was like, this is totally her career. She's the toxic ex girlfriend that will write a song about a relationship that ended ten years ago. She doesn't care. I know this sounds weird, but <laughs> I think she's also the kind of woman that Seth MacFarlane might date. You think so? Yeah. I did see a video where someone was saying, like, I'm starting to think that she's the problem. Oh, she's yeah. She's the common yeah. denominator in all yeah. these relationships. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, hey. Yeah. Uh, so Adele's still number one. Uh, number two, uh, number two last week as well, Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Uh, I've only heard the, the, the hook in TikTok videos. Uh, number three, Industry Baby, Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Uh, he, Lil Nas X did not, did not trigger anyone this week. Let me ask you something. <laughs> two, two things about uh, this song. Um, was it off the charts and did it return or was it just there for a while? Industry Baby? Yeah. Um, it, was, it wasn't in the top 10 for like a couple weeks, but I think like after the album came out, mm-hmm. yeah, it then steady. it went back up. Okay. Um in this new game that came out, like I think two weeks ago, yeah, like two weeks ago, Forza Horizon Five, Industry Babies in the in the uh, soundtrack of the game, and I was wondering if that maybe like bumped it back up again, again, and gave mm. it new life. And I'm like, hmm. I didn't know Forza uh, came out. If <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I bet if it is. soundtrack, if it's on the soundtrack, does that count? I don't know if games it, are sold. No, I don't think so. But I'm wondering if people are like, oh, I like this song, yeah. and then they go and check it out. And, and then like, it gets more it's, I mean, it's possible. Another thing about Little Nas X um, is that I was just on Facebook right as we were sitting here because I was pulling up the stream, and I saw a news story about Boozy, um, who <laughs> who said that. <laughs> and I paraphrase. Oh, I only went off on Little Nas X because um, I was having a rough day because my grandmother was sick or something like that. Shut up. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't go- a I must bad publicist, <laughs> but yes, um, fire, fire your publicist. Your publicist. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, number four, um, "Bad Habits" by Ed Sheeran, doing his best uh, weekend impression. Hmm. Um, he's got another one on here too. Huh. Number six, "Shivers" by Ed Sheeran. Um, also, it. It's if the weekend was more poppy, if that makes sense. Give him another album, he might do it. But also, it's you know their classic Ed Sheeran um, acoustic guitar with uh, a dance a dance beat behind it. I and I can dig that. <laughs> I wish I was that in college. I can dig that. <laughs> uh, speaking of the weekend, his single with Post Malone, one right now is number six, debuting at number six. Number seven, Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. Thank God it's going down. This song is awful. <laughs> I've I've heard the hook of this song. It's this song's stupid. 
it's the Applebee's song. That's what it should have been. It's <laughs> like parentheses, the Applebee's song. Number eight, debuting at number eight, Smoking Out the Window by Silk Sonic. Um, this is an insult because they're using a picture of Bruno Mars from yeah, 24 Karat On Magic. Billboard, it's just oh. a picture of him. As if, put some respect on Anderson Pack's name. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, number nine, Need to Know by Doja Cat. And number 10, <laughs> Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Let's look at the Billboard 200, which are the um, No way. So, number one, Still Over It by Summer Walker. Um, an album that uh, if... Uh, you know, your girl's about to break up with you. You might have wanted to make up with her before the album came out. <laughs> um, so you could call Summer Walker ex-girlfriend music. Not necessarily ex-wife, but definitely ex-girlfriend music. Uh, so that debuts at number one. Debuting at number two, Voyage by ABBA. I, what? Is this like new yeah, ABBA? Yeah, this is new. I've been hearing about it. I've been hearing about it. They they still have a fan base. That's I mean that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna listen to it today. I didn't know it had come out. The uh, we had on our last episode we talked about Grammy snubs and um, I watched the I don't know if you remember the Watch Mojo channel. Mm -hmm. Yep. They had um, they did a list a few years ago, and I think I think ABBA was an honorable mention of artists who were snubbed by the Grammys. They don't they don't like pop. They don't like real. This is like pop, pop. They don't yeah. like it. They just, they don't get it. Uh, number three, Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Um, that the album cover, it doesn't make me cringe, but it's it's like he ain't trying no more. He's just not a anyway. pure example of a too long album. I've not even listened to it. Oh yeah, it's about like <laughs> so twenty five. I got to about three or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, it's super long. Anyway, um, okay, them streams. Yeah. <laughs> Number four equals by the most influential artist in black music. Ed Sheeran got bars, man. Ed Sheeran got bars. <laughs> <laughs> this is that collaborations album. Ed Sheeran got bars, son. <laughs> Number five, it's moving up, even though he has been banned from the American Music Awards. Morgan Wallen, Dangerous, the double album. If the Grammys <laughs> want to make a splash, nominate him for album of the year. It's probably going to be nominated for album of the year. That's how you make a splash and invite him to the show. Hell, have him open it. <laughs> or do like Arcade Fire, have him close it. Whether he wins or not. Yeah, just have him come on up. <laughs> Turned it into a, a honky tonk. <laughs> Number six, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number seven, Yellow Tape 2 by Key Glock. They debuting at number seven. Number eight. Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number nine, Sincerely Contrell by Youngboy NBA. And number 10, Montero by Lil Nas X. So I have two comments here. But the first one, Kid A Kid Amnesia? Radiohead at number 12? Is this like a re-release of Kid A? Um, I'm what? Yeah, it's just like because they have the album Kid A, and now they have Kid, it's like Kid A and then Amnesia. Hmm. I knew they were kind of a, a strange band, but like. Uh, Kid A. Is this a. Oh, it's a reissue of Kid A and their album Amnesiac. They're weird. 
Okay. That shouldn't count. Also, you know how the Grammys likes to pair odd pairings together? Who do you pair, like, for maximum awkwardness? Who do you put with Morgan Wallen? It's got to be somebody black. I was going to say, do you put Doja Cat? No. Oh, no. No. You know what? Just to say that there's equality, uh, what's that, what's that, um, the country singer's name, the black country singer? Which, um, which one? There's, no, I mean, there's it's, a few, but not Charlie Pride, right? No, he's, he's, he's dead. dead. I was going to say, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't get him. No, it's a, it's a, it's a female singer. Oh, um, Tierra? That'd be cool. I'd be down with her. She's No, cute. it was someone who was like older and was starting to finally get success. Oh, I don't know. I feel bad not knowing this. I feel like her last name's Green. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I was going to say put someone like you know, Chris Brown. That'd just be funny. <laughs> <laughs> like just two controversial artists. Why not? Chris, it's like coming to the stage, Chris Brown and Morgan Wallen, and they can just like sing about being from the country. <sighs> They're both from the country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if, uh, Mickey Guyton. I don't, I'm not familiar with her. Okay. I, 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 I thought you, I thought that was your earworm once. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's a, a black country singer who's finally starting to get success. I think they might just pair them together <clears throat> to, to like, see equality. Yeah. Well, you could, to- <laughs> you could totally throw up, um. Nelly, who just basically put out a country rap album. I, wasn't it um, somebody from St. Lunatic said that they wrote everything for Nelly? Oh, oh wow. for real? Like country grammar was all Oh, them. yeah, I remember you talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was like, y'all heard this country rap album? No one cares about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so look at the artist 100, number one. She's got the number one album. Summer Walker, um, her first time being at number one. Uh, number two, uh, and she was unranked last week. Number two, also unranked last week, ABBA. <laughs> ABBA's number two. <laughs> hey, they're on TikTok, too. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Ed Sheeran. Number four, Adele. Number five, Drake. Number six, The Weeknd. Number seven, Doja Cat. Number eight, Olivia Rodrigo. Number nine, Luke Combs, and number ten for all the wrong re- reasons, yeah. Travis Scott. All the wrong reasons. Yikes. I feel like next week she's number eleven this week, but she'll be number one again next week. Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Make new music. <laughs> Stop remaking your old music. Scooter Braun is just like. Eh. Like she's she's rich enough. Like the fact that you don't own your masters, I get it, the sensitive subject, but you're not hurting. Like you're literally not hurting. You are making so much money. You have like two Grammys. You might get a third. Like, or does she have three Grammys? Am I wrong? For album of the year, yeah, three. She has three. Okay, so I'm wrong. I'm a bad Taylor Swift fan, I guess. <laughs> but no, she's got enough. She's got enough. Oh, and. Um, respect to what she what she stands for for songwriters. Respect. You know, what we talked about for a while that like when the song finesse was a big hit, oh, but it's it's a Bruno Mars's song featuring Cardi B, right? Mm-hmm. But 
on this on this chart, Cardi B was ranking higher than Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. So Bruno Mars is number nineteen on the list. Um, let's see if Anderson Pack is on here at all. Oh, that would be sad if he was. He's number forty-two. All right. Mm. Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? Some people just don't understand. You know what I wish we would, we would have I would have been paying attention to when it came out, um, the album "What a Time to Be Alive" Drake and Future, mm-hmm. who was higher? Hmm. I kind of feel like you know, this is similar. I, I feel mean, like it would have been Drake. Yeah, Drake's bigger yeah. clearly, right? But you know, how much clout does Drake really have? Like, can he you know can he bring Future up to be like number two? No, he's number one. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was ambitious. Then. It was ambitious, man. Uh, I I I googled black country singers to find Mickey Guyton. Mm-hmm. Here's some others who were listed: Darius Rucker, of course, mm-hmm. Aaron Neville, Ray Charles, Lil Nas X is one of the results. Tina Turner, no, no I don't remember her doing country. Me either. Uh, Lionel Richie, who does have, he has a country album. Um, it's covers of his songs, but it's country covers of his. It's country covers of his songs. I would like to hear that. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Um, Beyonce. Okay, she has a country song, and it wasn't even very country. And Nelly, of course, is on here. Anyway, um, so no real black country singers. No, Al like, Green. I, I'm surprised. Right. Like Charlie Price, not the, he's actually in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, that was the first result, Charlie Pride. Oh, well, okay. I was like, he's in the Grand Ole Opry. It was Charlie Pride, like... Darius Rucker. Okay. Then... <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that'll do it for our music news. Um, ben, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? While I'll pull it up. Blame this one on uh, my wife. Uh, it's it's Dua Lipa featuring Elton John, Cold Heart. I don't, or it might be Elton John featuring. I don't know. They're they're on it together. It's called Cold Heart. It's the PNAU remix. I probably should have said that. That's the one that's charting right now. Um, it's a, it's a cool song. I it feels weird. I guess he kind of samples himself or interpolates himself because she sings when she sings the chorus. I'll let you hear what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you hear what it is. I I was I, it, it threw me off. I'd had a cup. I'd had like a drink or two coming back from dinner and. It, it, started playing and i was just like all right whatever and i've been listening to it a lot <laughs> all right uh elton john and dua lipa cold heart the pnau remix and we'll be right back
All right, so that is Cold Heart by Elton John featuring Dua Lipa, the PNAU remix. And weird, right? That cringy interpolation <laughs> of Rocket Man. I was not ready. I was, <laughs> I was not just ready. like, yeah, hearing that driving home from the battery on Friday night, like, as I don't think she understood it within the context. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a Rocket Man. This is totally Rocket Man. But I guess, like, you know, he cleared the sample. So, Clearly. <laughs> so um, we started the episode with a scene from the film uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. That's what we'll be discussing tonight. Um, because, you know, sometimes when we're, we're right, we're right. And when we're wrong, we could have been right. But I could be wrong right now. I Or... Could I be right? There's reason to believe <laughs> that that was DJ. <laughs> There's a, yeah. That could be DJ and just like, you know, he he got locked up somewhere upstate New York. It's a universe. And he's just like, hey, I can manage you. I used to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I, was pre- I was pretty good, man. Come on, pretty- oh, yeah, because this was after. <laughs> yeah, this mm-hmm. is after. This was after Hustle and Flow. If you want to make a little, um, I guess, rapper cinematic universe, I don't know. He changed his name. You know, they're like, you know, he's from the South. He says he's from Alabama, but, you know, we don't know that for sure. Could be from Tennessee. Could have been a pimp. (laughs) (laughs) Just never know. So we'll be discussing uh, that, uh, discussing the film. Um, And uh, I had only, before tonight, I had only seen the film once. I actually saw it in the theaters. Oh, wow. You're, sh- uh, you're giving away our age, Greg. Jeez. You were old enough to get in by yourself. Now they know how old we are, man. I was in high school. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah. I was old enough to get into. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this movie came out in 2005. And what I realized is that this was after 8 Mile, right? So, it was like, well, you know, it, it because of 50s association with Eminem, well, let's do the same thing we did with Eminem. Let's make a movie. Yeah, that's what I instantly thought. Yeah. And they had the and for Eight Mile, which we do we don't have an episode on, but um, I know it's directed by Curtis Hansen, who directed L.A. Confidential, hmm. um, definitely one of my favorite movies. So they had to bring out the the heavy hitters for Get Rich or Die Trying, and um, as far as not just with the cast, but also with the uh, um, with the production of it. So uh, Jim Sheridan directed it, and he is known for directing films set in Ireland. Uh, he directed My Left Foot, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, it's a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Right. So it's going to be very intense, and Daniel Day-Lewis won an Oscar for it. Also directed In the Name of the Father, which also had Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I wonder if he insisted on having Daniel Day-Lewis as young Caesar yeah. in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and he had pulled it off. <laughs> I mean, Abraham Lincoln got shot. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into, um, I can't think of it. Was it Kurt Lazarus? from um, Oh, from Tropic Thunder? From Tropic Thunder, we're getting into Kurt Lazarus. <laughs> undergoes a skin procedure so he can be young Caesar. Um, he's also directed The Field, which I think had some Oscar nominations, uh, In America, um, Brothers, the the one with um, 
Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Uh, he directed that one as well. And uh, he's he's been nominated for six Oscars. Oh, wow. So we had a six-time Oscar nominee directing this film? Yeah. That's the best they could do? Uh, it was also, the script was written by Terrence Winter, who created Boardwalk Empire. Oh, wow. What are you going to tell me? He's got Tonys and Emmys. And, <laughs> and uh, he was an executive producer for The Sopranos. And uh, you referenced this movie earlier. He wrote the screenplay to Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> this is the best Credentials. This is the best they could do. And he also uh, created, co-created uh, the show Vinyl, which was on HBO for one season. Um, Yikes. Yeah. He's also a writer on the PJs, or a producer on the PJs. <laughs> I remember that show. Uh, and Sister Sister. Hmm. Anyway. So you got Terrence Winter uh, writing the screenplay, Jim Sheridan um, directing, produced by Jimmy Iovine, of course, uh, and Paul Rosenberg. Okay. I recognize that name. Uh, the – was this Quincy? Okay, and Quincy Jones yeah. is credited as doing the score. I thought it was like his son who's a hip-hop producer, but it, it's Quincy Jones. Huh. Quincy Jones. Uh, Produced by MTV Films, just like 8 Mile. (laughs) Um, And, of course, it has 50 Cent, Terrence Howard. Uh, This is the fourth? Is this the fourth time we've... Yeah, this is the fourth time we've done a project that had Terrence Howard in it. (laughs) Which is why I wrote down, because I know of your... What character will Terrence Howard play this time? (laughs) Murder stance, crazy stance. <laughs> uh, well, since we already use murder stance, we already use murder stance, Howard. Happenstance, uh, Howard. I used Robin stance, Howard. Robert, <laughs> yeah, he was Robin, folks. <laughs> and then later, shower stance, Howard. <laughs> that was the oh god. So I am reading here that Terrence Winter was very unhappy with the movie, claiming um, his screenplay is not the one that ended up on screen. Hmm. I do wonder how much freedom the director had because this movie was, I mean, this movie was bad, bad, but it looked like it, but it was like, well shot, like from a directing and a cinematographer, cinematography standpoint, it looks great. Well lit, everything like that, well directed, but just like, I don't know, like in the editing room, if they were just like, you know, the story got disjointed or what, because it just, it didn't flow well, but it looked really, really good. Um, outside of just some continuity issues, you know, the mustache being yeah. one of them, and the fact that you know the I won't well I'll, I'll save the 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 ending one because there's one at the end where I definitely noticed a, a huge continuity issue that really made me mad. But um, we'll wait. So uh, get to some notes here. Uh, like I said, of course, MTV produced this. Um, I I think they were just trying to copy what Eight Mile did. Uh, um, so Robin Stance Howard, we have the robbery seat at the beginning. <laughs> um, you're about to commit a crime while listening to your own music. Yeah, that was funny. They're just <laughs> riding around New York playing his song. Um, and everyone's bopping to it too. I yeah. think 50 Cent said that he only works out to his own music. 
so it's probably like a reflection of real life like this is how i get yeah this is you know and i'm sure the rock probably does the same thing with that one fucking (laughs) techno (laughs) have y'all talked about that no i forgot about that song i hear it all the time on tiktok though yeah same like it's become a meme very memeable but um but yeah it's probably that same energy and 50 cent translated you gotta play this song in the movie you gotta (laughs) You gotta put that in. <laughs> this is what I do. Like, if I was about to rob a place, I'd listen to me too. Maybe he was listening to How to Rob when he oh, actually robbed somebody. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's coming full circle. Um, so yeah, I saw when I saw that Jimmy Iovine was a producer. Like the manufacturedness of it all mm-hmm. with this film. Uh, so they used the kid to to bring uh, some Nathans. <laughs> to the yeah, a waste of some good hot dogs, man. I was like, what if the security guard packed a lunch? Does this work? <laughs> <laughs> um, no mask. I'm not talking about like COVID, but like, uh, they gonna recognize yeah, you? They don't, they don't, they don't yeah. hide their faces, or well, as the movie goes on, you realize he's not the smartest guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can't be having emotional moments during the robbery. No, <laughs> because. Uh, Robin Stance Howard uh, totally broke down. <laughs> he from, had a moment. <laughs> um, yeah, from from being called the N word and yeah, he got uh, really mad about that. He called it an mf'er and he was just yeah, just put off by the didn't, whole thing. Didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I was like worst robbery ever. Like the comic book guy. Like it was. This whole thing was just shot. No pun intended. <laughs> from the get-go like it was just like like who planned this <laughs> um so uh, uh the flashback to where marcus gets shot and it, it flashes back to his childhood about 10 years earlier so i, w- I want to talk about that because the way in which he gets shot it's it's first off it's really early in the film which i did not expect and it just seemed like, I guess, unbelievable. Like he's just getting out of his car, he's putting stuff in his trunk, and a dude just in the middle of his neighborhood just comes up and just shoots him. And he's trying to get away, and the guy loses him. He goes underneath the car and shoots his leg because he can't get to him. And he's crawling away. He's trying to crawl, and then it looks like they're gonna shoot him in the head, and it just flashes back. And I don't, I, I felt like it was a bit over the top. Look, they had to. They had to make sure they got nine shots in. I guess so. Did you? I didn't count. Did you? I did. Count. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been seven. <laughs> um, so when they flash back, uh, it reminded me of. Um, uh, I don't know who did. I think it was Chris Rock, who did the joke about how, um, like, kids being raised by their grandparents. And it's like, you know, and your kid go gonna call he calls his grandma mama and his mama Pam. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like that kind of situation. Yeah. He said everyone liked my mom. Um, was this his, his way of saying his mom was loose? Um He was like, Everyone liked my mom, so that meant everybody in a was way, my daddy. Because he didn't know who his father was. Oh. Yeah. He was like, That meant everybody was my daddy, except for white men. And cops. And cops. Even if it was a black cop or a white cop, it's like that's such a random. Like, is that award-winning dialogue right there? Like, that's what... no, 
Um, so we get what I guess just amounted to a cameo from Leon as the Rick James looking. Oh, is that who slim. that was? That was Leon. Oh, geez. Because yeah. I saw his name in the credits. Like, oh, I didn't remember Leon from this movie. Yeah. I thought it was Rick James, literally. I oh. thought it was. <laughs> Things got hard, man. I don't know. Uh, Some people just be out there, you know. And so it became this weird, uh, unnecessary running gag because the whole time Marcus thinks that Slim, the Rick James looking dude, killed his mom. Yeah. Based on what? There's no evidence. None whatsoever. <laughs> he has a no scuffle, evidence. A scuffle in the he street. He just saw that that one time, yep. and and that's that's and all he, he gets out he had with to go the by. club, not like the, a physical club, the car club, but like the club that you used to keep you from stealing your car. Wow. He's gonna, give that to he's a Gen Zer and ask them what they think that is. <laughs> he's gonna fight his mom's assailant with this. And didn't I tell you to stay in the car? Like hard headed, he could have got shot. Um, the lyrics to "Best Friend." Uh, how old is he supposed to be? Too young to know what that means. <laughs> I guess it was so bad that like she had to leave. That's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> like he just ship her off. Like she she what, got what, Will Smith. So <laughs> the 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 stepdad sent her away, not because the lyrics were vulgar. They were just. Not good. <laughs> was he afraid that like she was going to end up a statistic? You know, pregnant mm, by, you know, pregnant teenager with a no good hoodlum. I, I don't know. Like it just, to me, that kind of seemed over the top. It's dramatic. Uh, Michael T. Williamson as the stepdad who is basically in two scenes. Mm-hmm. Like this dude was in Forrest Gump. Yeah. He was in Waiting to Exhale wearing all leather. Oh, in ninety degree weather, I forgot about that. And y'all, uh, and he has two scenes in this. Maybe that's film. all they could afford. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> they too. shot him in like two days. <laughs> like... Um, the I didn't see the logic between like, okay, they killed his mom. So it was like they killed my mom. So I started selling drugs. Like where there's like, no just like that. Like immediately for sneakers. They asked him, why'd you start selling drugs? Money for sneakers. Like, he just <laughs> wanted, like, is that all hey, it? look, man. Yeah, that's he, all it took. Those Jordan 3s were probably like $60 back, back then. then. yeah. Well, that I think was a lot. The price tag's at like $37. Oh. But I don't know what the year was. That could be like $100, but I don't know. <laughs> it had no. to be at, <laughs> at best 1987. Yeah, I couldn't tell what year it was. And once he had some some Jordan 1s, and then later it was some Jordan 3s. Yeah. Because, and I and I guess funny enough, because I was trying to, when he's out there selling drugs, and you hear Fight for Your Right to Party, I was like, huh, what year did that come out? That would that would essentially tell us. Yeah. Gives a good idea. But um, If they followed their own continuity. Yeah, if they did, know, which, which they it doesn't seem like they do, you know. Yeah. Um, what else did I have here? Okay. So he goes to buy the gun, and they play Nine Millimeter Goes Bang by Boogie Down Productions, but he has a three fifty seven. Mm-hmm. I it, that was like that was just an awkward moment for me. <laughs> it's like he he doesn't have a nine. He did not. Buy, that's not what he bought. But you know, staring down the barrel of that nine. That's just what people know. <laughs> that's what people. 
think of, you know, I, I don't know guns. This, was, the song's not called My 357 Goes Bang. I don't think there's any rap songs <laughs> yeah, about 357. No, like, <laughs> what, six shooters, grandpa guns? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Lil Nas X will make one one day. You know, it's country album. Um, I, I know y'all laughed at, at this line and not there it has not been memed at all or not enough i'm against the grandpa and i'm proud of it okay <laughs> so when he did when he said that i made the note we need to give eminem more credit because i used to give eminem crap i was like oh he's playing himself mm-hmm. ooh really hard and then i saw him say that line and it looked he said it so badly, it looked like it was CGI. His I think that was the was moment so where Terrence Winters like, I no, I I, I can't have my name associated with. Like, I didn't write that. It was so bad, <laughs> and the way he looked when he said it, like, is there a good way to deliver that line? No, no. Okay, that's there's, what I'm like. probably not. There's really not. And what's even funnier is that's the best take they got. Yeah. <laughs> like we have no clue. They could have been like, take thirty. <laughs> I'm a gangster, Grandpa. Cut. Just fucking use it. Just use it. I'm not doing it again. I'll walk off this set. <laughs> Producer Jimmy Ivins are like, "Come on, come on, dude. Chris. Come on, dude. We, we, hey, we need you. We need you." <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh well, I did also say yeah. too when he narrates, he sounds like Riley Freeman. <laughs> That's what he sounds like to me. So I just <laughs> and he, okay, and so he's also in high school when yeah. he gets when he gets busted for like the um for the drugs and the sock. Oh like God. it's just yeah, it's just like he doesn't look like he's in no. high school. Um, what's we got? Okay, so it was very like it felt like a um a corporate conference, a cor- a regional corporate conference when Majestic is showing everyone how to cook the meth or whatever that was supposed to be. That was hilarious, actually. Cause... It's like you got like 30 dudes in here and everyone's just like mesmerized. Yeah, I was like, was it by that this coffee pot? <laughs> like the first time he's like, and now you got crack. And they're like, <gasps> like everyone's, he like took the Coke and he, he's like, oh yeah, you put some baking soda in there. Ooh. And he like puts in the coffee pot. Ah, pour some water in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's like. Then you put some ice in there, and boom. Oh, that looks like a tasty drink. I'm sure some. I think someone did say that. And he oh just holds God. it up, and he's like, "Yeah, this gonna get us out the ghetto." No, it's gonna keep you there. It's gonna keep you there. Uh, so they're just. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't understand the the hiring practices here because basically he's done like, yeah, put your own crew together. So, yeah, it's like an MLM, like a multi-level. <laughs> like, like it really felt like that. Like you put your crew together and you run your crew real tight. Like that's terrible. Um, so it, it he was. got his crew put together. Uh, they uh, he had he had his guy Antoine, and then um, randomly here's this guy. <laughs> I like what you did, but if you. I could do that for you. I can't remember. And hold up the two was. fingers, like I hold up the two yeah. fingers, like I, I, I really weird. did think something, um, 
suspect was about to, is that the word is that is that yeah. PC yeah. something suspect was about to happen or sus it's what you're sus excuse me sus <laughs> show my age again show my age again was about to happen when he did that and then like 50 got really mad and it made me think of like the cheeseburger scene from Mr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like is that what's about to happen is this homage like and then he like pulls out a gun and shoots him because he's gonna do something for him like <laughs> And I then, didn't know. Uh, I didn't know. <laughs> and then we have the, another connection to Eight Mile. Here's Omar Miller running up as the big guy. <laughs> Who's, <laughs> whose idea do you think that was? Eminem's. <laughs> no, no, no. Jimmy Ivy. You think so? That so was I Jimmy got the Ivey. perfect guy. The perfect guy. You might have seen him in Eight Mile playing the same role. <laughs> I think he's a natural. <laughs> uh,. So he start he, they start working they they make money and um, now after he got kicked out of well he didn't get kicked out of the house he, I think he just left the house his grandparents' house I I, and, I wouldn't be surprised if they kicked him out like the granddad kind of seemed a little upset yeah uh, but they he finds this uh, pretty huge looking apartment for nothing yeah it's that way all you yeah, have to do is clean it up yeah that's <laughs> that's the movies baby that's the movies. <laughs> So um, they they having a party, and I just feel like you got to be pretty messed up to smoke crack at a party <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And she was just there, just doing it. And, like, he just grabs her by the neck. It's like, do you know where you are? Like, we sell it. We don't smoke it. Like, ooh, they got a code. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It was it was kind of weird, and the guy like just the guy she's with just let him do it like yeah of course but if, she got kicked out and he stayed. I will say though, knowing the type of drug dealer he was, if I'm at that party, I'm just gonna be like yeah man she was wilding. Please don't shoot me. Like, <laughs> please don't kill me. Like if they just if they just grabbed her by the neck and threw her out, you know, kind of like Tank did. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a very obscure reference. Um. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say anything either, because everyone probably in there would pull out a gun, a three fifty seven <laughs> <laughs> that they got from the fast talking gun seller who said, "If you get caught with this, you didn't get it from me." They probably all pull them out and shoot me. So, you know. Um. Let's see what else I had here. Uh. They kept saying like that. You know, their their rival are the Colombians. I feel like you could have inserted any Spanish speaking country. Yeah. Yeah. The Puerto Ricans, Cubans, the, the Cubans, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why Colombia was so important. I guess that that's where the cocaine comes from. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so was, I mean, was well, I guess Colombia's always been relevant in the, in the cocaine game. But like, they weren't like. When did Pablo die? Was that that in was the like 80s or the eighties. That was in the eighties. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. You could have really inserted anybody. Cubans would have been funnier. Um. I think this was okay. So I think when um, I know it was at the cemetery and Lavar Bill Duke as Lavar. Oh god, he was funny. <laughs> he was unintentionally funny, or maybe he was trying to be funny. And I, I know they the the people doing the ADR they had to do a lot of work for him because it seemed like he never talked. Loud. Yeah, he was very quiet. 
I'm sorry, man. I'm not raspy enough. This is how he talked the entire movie. Like, turn the gain up, man. Damn, turn the gain up. Put some compression on him, man. He's too low, man. He's too low. Uh, I thought that was that was a very that that was an interesting scene to where it was like it may be realistic, but also like over dramatic when he goes to hug Delgado, who mm-hmm. apparently had no lines, but he was in like four or five scenes. Yeah, just <laughs> but, being Colombian. So they <laughs> so they hug and the beef is over. Well, yeah, because that's how you kids end the beef. And, yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing. So, like, the Colombians are killing the blacks. Blacks are killing Colombians. And then just some Asian shop owner kills two kids, and nothing happens to the to them. No peace is made with them. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, okay. Uh, Majestic's part, middle part, is too wide, and no one talks yeah. about it. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a killer. Yeah. You gonna tell him his part too wide? He might stab you. That is true. Or shoot you. Or stab you and shoot you and set you on fire. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, at the I guess the photo shoot or whatever, where um, oh, the crackhead comes awful. up to Junebug. That was kind of weird. With that awful rapper, dangerous. Yeah. We don't know he's awful yet, but yeah, he looks like he could be awful. And he's dressed like he's from the like he's got the big jumpsuit. This was filmed. It, the movie came out in two thousand five. This was being filmed in two thousand four. Yeah. That is the height of the oversized shirt. Yeah, throwback jersey. There were no throwback jerseys. A lot of rock wear in this movie. Yeah, a lot, a lot of rock wear. And, and uh, was it Pele Pele? Probably. I mean, I imagine all the early 2000s brands were there. There's probably The only brand missing was like Triple Five Soul. There might have been some South Pole. I don't know. We just didn't see the brand. Yeah, it's South Pole. I think I said, what's next? Perry Ellis. Like, are we just going to say? At one point, Dangerous was wearing a Carl Kanai jersey. I don't even know if Carl Kanai was still cool in 2004. I don't. I feel like that stopped being cool in 1999. Like, they were just trying to bring it back. Um, They do have an Instagram. Uh, Shut up, for real, Carl and I? <laughs> they wow. really do. Wow. Like 10 followers? Them, <laughs> them and FUBU are, are FUBU, trying to come back. even five followers? <laughs> FUBU's been trying to come back for a while. Um, happen. They don't have the Fat Albert stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember that was, uh, that was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the Platinum FUBU is... <laughs> What kind of how their clothes look now? I might rock it just to be ironic, you know. How they how they always look, but it was like it's the regular Fubu, not the Fat Albert Fubu, or the the platinum stuff, um, or uh, if you ever see those videos, the dude from Chicago, brother Lee Love, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget you used to wear. <laughs> yeah, I love his videos. I forget you used to wear shiny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So they haven't really gotten with the times. Everything's still kind of baggy. Yeah, still gotta wear, yeah. wear tight when you wear your baggy clothes. You gotta say tight. I'm sorry. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like that looks like say that's that straight. it oh, is tight. Hell no, not that. It, see, that was like 1997. I want to get memed. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> they give it like 10 years. They could they could do that. You know, you gotta give. <laughs> Fashion trends like well, I forget, years. yeah, because the apparently um, Gen Zers are wearing baggy clothes again. So, yeah. Yeah. Jinko, I was just thinking, 
this is our time. Or if you're poor <laughs> in pipes, <laughs> if you didn't have the money for those um, $60 Jinkos, which I guess today translates to 200 bucks. I don't know, but like Jinkos are just so expensive, man. Um, okay, where are we? Okay, so uh, Junebug knocks over the, the crackhead because he tried to pay and change. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'll take change. I, I take change. I take change. It's like I I'm hope he disinfected those coins. I'm fifty cent. If you already, just <laughs> <laughs> live my name. Oh, I got a name, <laughs> Young Caesar. <laughs> it was right there. Uh, I did hope he disinfected those coins. If he already irons the bills. Oh, he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> so he did real money laundering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then he he buys the car. Um. Straight which up they, cash, homie. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> that scene was bad because dude even counted. He just walks up, throws my backpack, and gets in the car and drives it away. Seems like this movie's in a rush. He's like, get him some dealer over. plates. He's already leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So the so bad on the dealership because the keys are in the car. <laughs> he just gets in, <laughs> just pulls off the lot, and the guy is just like, when he takes the bag, he's looking around like he knows he's committing a crime. <laughs> This movie sounds like it has the most pacing problems. Ever. Oh, With awful. the fast talking, the shoddy editing, and just yeah. like leaving the parking lot instantly. And he's like riding around and starts talking like he, Riley Freeman. Man, wait till they see me in this, man. <laughs> and then he starts talking in the mirror like, you oh, threatening yeah, me? Yeah, tough talking practice. And tough I was like, talking. okay, De Niro. <laughs> I, was, they, they, I was thinking more Issa Rae. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, since this was before. Oh, any shit. any scene where someone's talking to themselves in the mirror is De Niro and Taxi Direct, Driver. Directly, Talking yeah. to me. Um, <laughs> I thought it was in poor taste because um, Denzel Washington's character taught in uh, American Gangster taught us, low-key, you don't be doing all that, you know? That's how you bring heat. Or was that, or was that Al Pacino? But got too much heat. I've, I've not seen heat. I'm a bad person. But. Well, the American Gangster, he was talking about like being low key. What was low it? Frank key. White. Frank, um, Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas, not Frank White. Frank Lucas, yeah. Like being low key. Like yeah. you're a and dude. He wore who that just, meat coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he burned it. Um, you're riding around in a, in a Benz in New York City, a city where no one really drives. A new, a a new, new one. New it was a new one. Benz. Um, you don't have a license, so that's stupid. Um, you live in a shack, essentially. So you just he cleaned it up though. Yeah, it's, a shack's still a shack though. Like you, like your house, your car costs more than where you live. Like you, you scream drug dealer, and he just doesn't care. Well, uh, no one else did either, and no one noticed. Now, it. like, well, he's got a car, so now he can go places. That's what mattered. And in a real movie, <laughs> in a real well-written movie, the cops are instantly investigating him. Like, why is this dude driving a fucking Mercedes Benz? Yeah. He doesn't even have a job. Like, <laughs> like being real, yeah. he does not have a job. What does he do all day? Stands on the corner. Like, he's a drug dealer. Yeah. We, should, we should probably bust him. <laughs> uh, and in this world, who made Window Shopper? Because that's what he's listening to mm-hmm. when he gets the car. Like, okay, so who made this song? Are you listening to your own music? Yep. Again? All the time. Like he, <laughs> and like Eric said, he works out to himself. Yeah. He probably has, like, um, for his ringtone and his alarm when he wakes up in the morning, wakes up to himself. <laughs> Yeah. Certainly. Um, Imagine it's many men. 
I hope so. <laughs> That'll wake you up, though. <laughs> I mean, men are wishing death upon you. You'll get up. That's how he gets up. Like he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, many men wish death upon me, man. Get so, get this uh, money. <laughs> can't reach a right. <laughs> <laughs> So later on, they got a um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> so later on, they're riding around, oh. and he spots Charlene from what seems to be a hundred yards away, and she's all grown up now. Yeah. So either, like, they recognize each other somehow, or he's been stalking her. Hmm. MySpace. Just waiting, probably. <laughs> just waiting for his chance. Now he's like, I got this Benz, and I can finally impress her. He goes up to her, they catch up for a second. She's standing with whoever this guy is. That was her boyfriend. Just not important. Whoever he was, he was just very not important. F- yeah, just very feminine. He kinda they they gave him the name of a, a beat city. What was his name? Destin. Uh-oh. Oh, that was his name? His name was Destin. That's, mm. He was a wankster. You are destined to never <laughs> yeah, be seen a... again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Destin. Because um, he just says, so you hungry? And then they go to a diner. Yeah, and and the guy's not there. And we don't. We never see that yeah, guy again. I guess he wasn't hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he caught the six home. <laughs> um. So uh, he goes to Majestic's place. Uh, I just thought Junebug was just a hater, just throughout the whole. Movie. Which one was Junebug again? Was that the guy who, um, like his little errand boy? Yeah, yeah, that guy was a hater. Yeah, that guy was a hater. Um, well, he's like, like, yeah, him. yeah, you you see that new car he got? Like, why are you, why are you snitching? Yeah, he was. He thought he was. Yeah, he thought he. Or was thought he was doing Frank something. Frank Lucas, him. Yeah, he thought that. <laughs> Like, you don't even work that hard anyway, man. Shit, man. I can work harder, man. I can sell drugs. I do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Just whatever, man. He was, yeah. So they go to, um, Marcus and Charlene go to, uh, I guess they go to a club or whatever. They're just hanging out. Oh, it's when uh, Dangerous was performing, I think. Awful. And then the Colombians come in and shoot up the place. Uh, Antoine is shot. He is paralyzed. Um. I just feel like in the sequence of events, was she turned on by getting shot at? I don't know. <laughs> but I was just wondering, like, why is she hanging with him? Like, it seems like they just kind of, after being, like, he wrote a really vulgar song about you. You get sent off. You randomly see him as you're about to catch a subway. Y'all eat at a diner and boom, y'all at, like, a club where you're getting shot at. And that's not the end of it. Like, you don't go like, wow, this is a bad life. Get away. Like, you stick around like this is a two-year relationship. So, yes, Greg, maybe she was turned on. That's why she stayed. I mean, she asked him, what does he do? She asked him three times. Oh, okay, yeah, that was funny. I'm a gangster. And they kind of laugh. She's like, no, you're not. I'm a rapper. I'm a gangster and a rapper. Yikes. Award-winning dialogue right there. This is why he won't put his name on this. He's like, I didn't. Write, he's like, I didn't write that line. Fifty Cent like improvised it, probably. I would know? hope not. Oh, okay. Hold on. There's a part that that you you skipped over that I thought was very funny. He wants to be a rapper, so he just randomly goes up to a producer getting it out of his car. Just gives him a tape. Yeah. And the guy's like, "That's your that's your car? Yeah, that's mine. It's a 300 series. Yeah, take his tape." <laughs> it's like, wow. and the guy goes, "Man, that's a nice ride. Where did you get it? Psh, where'd you think?" <laughs> like that's what made him want to take the tape just because he had a nice car. 
It's like, that oh, man, he... this guy don't even need my help. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What's... Okay, so um, the cops plant the drugs. Um, so did they plant them? They really did plant them? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if they did or not or if they were just, you know, lying. <laughs> um. Well, actually, I I think Justice planted them. Oh, because this was after they went and like they went and really messed up that Colombian man. Yeah, um, shot him straight in the shin. Oh. It was awful. Odell was too excited to take over. Odell is the guy with the with the diamonds in his in his mouth. Diamonds in his mouth. Yeah. Because Lavar has to go away and pay a political debt. So it, it seems essentially like they had him turn state's evidence, and he snitched, and then he goes to jail. Old dude, other guy takes over, and I, I since I had kind of known what was going to happen, I was like, "This, I don't. This isn't going to go well for him." But how's it going to happen? And somehow, uh, majestic set up Lavar to go to jail, and then blame it on Odell. And like in the Prim video, I don't know how this happened. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just happens. Like you just randomly see old dude shooting a cop and then LeVar goes to jail for good. Like for good, good. (laughs) That was Junebug who shot the cop. Yeah. Who shot the cop. And then it's just like he says, oh, no, he did this. Fuck. Like none none of it made sense at all. Like it was so random. Um. And so justice has to. Um, okay, they took out the guy's teeth. I guess that was just as a trophy because then they suffocate him. Yeah, that was weird. They like said how he's gonna pay for it? with that with gold and diamonds from his mouth or something, and give the dude the um what pliers, the pliers. and he just wow. at that point I'm just like kill me, just shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm kicking and screaming. It's like the worst you can do right now is shoot me. I'm not gonna let you pull my teeth out. So uh, Marcus goes to jail and he's processed and everything, and uh, then he has to take a shower. So the shower fight, in which we are introduced to Shower Stance Howard. That that scene. This that that yeah that was a bizarre scene. Um, yeah, I, mainly because of the wide shot. Yeah, had a shot of the. Have you seen it? I've seen. It, but it's been years. <laughs> it's a shot of the of the whole shower, and I guess they wanted to like make it realistic because everyone's everyone's naked and full everyone's frontal. sliding around. There's full frontal nudity. Yeah, I will say that it is shot very well, mm-hmm. um, and directed very well, blocked very well. But like, you just think, don't expect. I don't know if there to... was blocking. I don't know if there was like. Well, think, all the sliding around would probably make a very difficult, very difficult scene to block. But like, difficult. Sorry. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, it was. I was just like, we're really going full frontal here. Wow. It was like, yeah, the beans and the franks. Um, I did. I did not expect that. I did not expect that. I don't know if maybe Fifty Cent had a body double and Terrence Howard had body doubles. I don't know. But the way it was shot, it looks like you could not have been insert because it was like a, it was a continuous shot when they went wide. Well, yeah, I, well, for the, for that there were no there, yeah, there were, were no, no doubles. Cuts. Yeah, there were. No I cuts think for there. the close ups, there were stunt doubles. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely for the long shot though, it was uninterrupted and you saw everything. Yeah. Unfortunately, wish I would have been prepared for that. 
so they said with uh, Justice taking out the teeth and being a double agent that made him smoke crack. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he, he did. And his hands were shaking and everything when he did it. Man. It was almost like an homage to uh, Pookie in New Jack City. Mm. <laughs> um, dangerous ain't so dangerous anymore. Oh, is this when the when the Colombians came in? And oh shot yeah, they the just shot everybody, and he's just standing there in the, in the booth, in the studio, yeah, in the, <laughs> in the booth, just looking at them. And it's funny because they had the like the talk back going as they were shooting oh, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, poor dangerous. So when Marcus is in solitary after the shower fight, he starts um, scratching lyrics on the wall with a razor. Um, and then he somehow records a song in jail. Good behavior, man. Who mixed and mastered the jail single, though? Marcus. I, I'm, I have no clue. <laughs> Shine. I have no <laughs> Shine. Oh, yeah, the same prison. They're the same prison, probably. He's like, yeah, I used to hang around Diddy. I picked up a few things. <laughs> I can kind of help you. Like, who are you? I'm Shine. He's like, <laughs> Not not ringing a bell. <laughs> Let me do my best Biggie impression. I was supposed, yeah, I was supposed to be the next Biggie. Like, not come on, anything else? Had the Jamaican guy saying gibberish. <laughs> Still not ringing a bell. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll do a good job. <laughs> now that was because he had a full on like he had a um a preamp and everything he's recording into. Yeah, and like, like a, a lavalier mic. Yeah. And a and a boombox. I I don't I yeah I don't know who rigged that. Um, uh, Bama, which is Terrence Howard's character, aka DJ. <laughs> I'm still I'm still maintaining as DJ. Uh, is paranoid, but I guess he's right because he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that Justice was fidgeting in the back seat though. Not as much as he thought it was no Terrence he Terrence Howe was probably a former crackhead you know he still had some crackhead tendencies yeah um dangerous again being a pawn because he's doing a song did Majestic write these bars or did who knows <laughs> oh hold on we find out while he is in prison earlier um when his girl come and see him yeah that she is pregnant yes <gasps> She's gonna keep it, and I thought they should have started playing Twenty One Questions right then. Because <laughs> I, I was like, "Why is she coming to visit him?" You know, and I, it felt like the Twenty One Questions video. It really did. That had Megan Good in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, the reason I thought it was Sierra, it was Megan Good. Mm-hmm. He was dating Sierra, but yeah. that was another video oh, that he was she was dating in. Sierra. Yeah. They sent dated Sierra. Yeah. yeah. And future. Yeah. Yeah. She was ready for Russell. And Bow Wow. She was. Uh, yeah, Jesus, she was ready for Russell. She needed a good man. Yep. I didn't know she dated Fifty Cent. Sierra's gorgeous, man. Mm-hmm. Sierra's Still just. Is. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we come back to what was in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. When which he gets shot. Well, I want to ask you: Did you ever get the feeling that Dangerous was Ja Rule? No, you didn't. Because I felt like they tried to make Majestic like a mix between Irv Gotti and Suge Knight and like just some drug kingpin. 
And he's funding, you know, he's basically shown to be funding everything Dangerous does. And he's making fun of him because I think this is around the time he makes the rap about him being <laughs> about his religion and where he's from and stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, this is his wankster. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, it makes sense. He's like, this is going to get me killed, man. I guess they, they since it's loosely based on his life, so I don't think there weren't going to be exact or anything. But that is, uh, that's possible. I can see that. Uh, so when he gets shot, he says his grandmother saved his life because her screaming his name distracted Justice just enough that he didn't shoot him in the head. He shot him in the chin. Hmm. I thought she was coming out with a gun when he said that. Well, we find out later she only has a knife. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Grandma, package. Get away from that. Like, <laughs> and since no one believes in ambulances, I said that. Are they allergic to ambulances there? Because like, Antoine, when he was shot, they took him to the hospital in the car. Yeah. When Marcus gets shot, they took him to the hospital yeah. in the back of the stepdad's truck. They're like, call an ambulance. <laughs> like, no, we, don't, we ain't waiting for the ambulance. Wait for the ambulance. They, are expi- they are expensive. I'll say that. True that. That you could end up with like a, a $5,000 bill. And <laughs> it, it may not come to that neighborhood. So oh, you got to take so it upon sad. yourself. So it, it's, un- it's understandable. But I think that was, that was a little piece of like social commentary they wanted to mm-hmm. provide. It just maybe didn't come off that well. They've called. They've called before, and they're like, "What's your address?" Oh no, we don't come there. Take your pickup. <laughs> Take your pickup. You, you, it's good enough. Um. So while he's fighting for his life after being shot, um, being in surgery, juxtaposed with him being born, I, I'm sure someone thought they're directing the hell out of this movie when they did that. And too. you know, you know what I wrote down. What. Art house. Yeah. Like somebody was just like, so like what we'll do for this scene is like while they're operating on him, we're gonna show him being born on the fourth of July. Like, whoa man, that's like that's It's I, America, man. It's, it's, this is an know, American story. This is the man. American dream. And it's for black people too. Like, <laughs> like it was so and I was just like, stop it. And it was it was kinda edited poorly a little bit. Like Yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, d- I didn't like that because all of a sudden, like, she's just, as the fireworks starts, goes, oh, and she falls back and starts giving birth. Like, I thought she got shot. <laughs> the way it looked. And, it, it didn't look that way. Like, oh, no, she's giving birth. Oh. It's the same. Uh, it's the same. <laughs> I think I've, I've told Ben this story before. When I saw the movie in the theater, this line, it lost all credibility with me, and I several people along with me laughed. Okay, I was going to ask it. People laugh at this line. People laughed when I saw this in the theater. So, like, is he dead? Like, yeah, he's dead. Like, are, are you sure? Yeah. I, I shot him like nine times. Like, so many people bust out laughing. Because at this point, for people who don't know, Finley had to tell this story several times in interviews. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and then people just got tired. Like, yet we know. (laughs) But he kept being asked the question about, like, like, he's had to tell the story a lot. Yeah. Um, But it kind of got to a point where he was just telling it Mm -hmm. without being asked the question. (laughs) It would have been a meme modern day. Oh, yeah. Like, it would have been, like, a picture of him being like, I got shot nine times. (laughs) Like, it would have (laughs) been But did uh did Big Stein reference that? In Big his Stein song? did, yeah. <laughs> Big Stein made fun of that. I just imagined if he did it today, it'd just be like the meme would be like 
So, 50, what do you think of your latest album? I got struck by a t- like, <laughs> It'd just be something like just completely just off kilter. Are you vaccinated? I got shot nine times. Like, that's not what we asked you, but I got shot nine times. So, 50, Wrong what do you shot. No, or, or he'll, <laughs> or like as he's as he's gotten into into certain rooms in front of certain people, he's become more sophisticated. It'll, it, every, everything will begin with. So, uh, 50, what do you think about, well, when I was shot nine times? <laughs> I believe it was, and then it'll just something random. Like, I was, when I was shot nine times, I believe it was Martin Luther King who said, <laughs> just make like the. Did just, you know I was shot eight more times than him? <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because they even made the comment like, yeah, man, you have a kid in the projects get shot once and he dies. This guy's riddled with bullets. Like, oh. as they're operating on him. <laughs> He's so tough. He's such a bad Like, the things they're saying, they're like, his girlfriend, his wife, no, his girlfriend, his girlfriend said not to give him a tracheotomy. Why? Uh, he's like a singer or something. A rapper. Yeah, a rapper. <laughs> Dude, I was like, do surgeons That's really a ridiculous like that? conversation. Very ridiculous. It was like, like this is kind of racist, but for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to wonder if doctors really talk like that, and then I found out from my wife, who will go into surgery re- routinely and help. They do. They mm. play music. They do a lot of things I would not want yeah. my surgeon doing. But he's like, the surgeon's like naming songs. Like, oh, yeah, play another one, and I'll name it. Like, no, oh, operate. Sounds, sounds like uh, Doctor Strange. Bro, operate <laughs> on me, bro. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. It does. Oh, hell, shit, he did do that, actually. Yeah. In Doctor Strange, he was naming songs. I forgot about that. And then so, he went and drove his car really fast. Um, after the surgery, it seemed like they just sent him home right after the surgery. <laughs> Everything with his bum leg. You yeah, know? we we patched you up. Uh, we 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 wired your jaw shut. Um, we put your leg in a cast. Um, yeah, you're ready to go. And I was just like, I've been hit with a few shells, and I bought with a limp. That's what I thought about when he got out of his car and his right leg. Well, f- when they first shot him in the leg, because I mean, like, you clearly see him going to the car. Boop. Hits that like that right knee right in the shin. It's like he's gonna be limping, you know. But you know that's what he said. That's how we know. Yeah. That's how we know this is real. You know, if you really think about it. Um. <laughs> that's how we know. So, uh, <laughs> as I've said in, with certain things before, um, tuxedos mean respect. <laughs> Missionary means love. Oh God. Um. <laughs> Uh, taking your braces out means you can have sex again. <laughs> that was a very. They that don't was really another say how long of, either. Like he's yeah. been healing. Because I mean, like, yeah, you take your braces off, but like, how's your leg? You know, how's your arm? How's your hand? Like you got shot in the middle yeah. of the hand. Yeah. Like, and then you see the bandage as he like lays her down. Like, oh, okay, he's still healing. So. <laughs> Takes uh. off the braces. <laughs> I thought he was going to be doing a, a through-the-wire type thing, oh. you know, like Kanye did. Uh, Two on the nose, though, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're re-recording the song they were singing at the beginning of the movie, or le- before he got shot? Yeah, Marcus version. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't own his masters. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, I think what Majestic probably does or something. I don't know. Uh, so it was... Uh, What's it called? I'll whip your head. Whip your head or something yeah. like that. Uh, that one and Window Shopper were being re-recorded. 
sounded they sounded like early 50 cent like the it sounded like it was all from the album get richard die trying um so there was a scene so in the scene where uh lavar goes to jail and you see for a second that he's like standing and like waiting for the guard to open another door mm-hmm. that was the same shot just in reverse you think no, it, I think it was, it looked like a continuation of the the shot, yeah. like when Marcus goes to visit him. Mm. It was the same shot. Probably was. Um, so I put Lavar had been standing waiting for that cell door to open this entire <laughs> time. <laughs> That's a part of the deal. Um, so he finds out Lavar is his real father. Um. Oh, whoa, is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, snap, I didn't realize that. Oh, man, so he finally figured out who his father was. Good for him. Oh, that's awesome. Because he was talking about how much he loved Katrina, but he couldn't leave his family because he was married and and all that. Yeah. Good good for him. Um, How did he get a show on the 4th of July for his very first show? Good question. I mean, he had put out a couple of songs at this mm-hmm. point, um, humil- trying to humiliate Majestic as much as he can, um, because someone was playing it in a club and saying, "Yeah, he's got a show on July 4th, And then June Bug being a hater. So that was his, that was supposed <laughs> to be how to rob, I think. Where he dissed everybody. Only in this case, he he know, dissed one guy. He dissed one guy <laughs> like really badly. Um, yeah. So like, how do you get a show on July 4th at with apparently is a uh, a big uh, music venue. Oh, okay, I was gonna say there's a protest too. Stop there, the with the protest, uh, so <laughs> um, I guess we could say this is the return of Murder Stance Howard, but it's very casual, as Ben would say. Yeah, oh God, when he just turns around. <laughs> so that was funny because he goes to appro- he goes to approach him for some reason to tell him like you can't do the show. Hugs him and says, I love you. He says, rule number five, don't show love because that'll get you killed. Which yeah. Foreshadowing. Um, and so when they're, he's walking to do the show anyway, he pulls out the cane with the knife. And Terrence Howard, with like just all the casualness, like, I was waiting for this. Just trying to pop some. It was like <laughs> that scene, uh, that Indiana Jones scene. Oh, yeah. Where he just... Uh, Oh, where the guy has the whip and he just yeah, whips. he just turns around and just shoots him. He's like, like he's I just don't like have time exactly. For this. Like he's like, you know what? We got a show to do. This guy's gonna be famous. I'm gonna get ten percent. Like, <laughs> and here you come with a knife. And then he's like, and then he just goes on out there, and the door closes behind him, and you hear like eight more gunshots. Okay, okay, okay. So this is where I have a, a huge issue. Fifty Cent just got in a fight with this guy. His nose is bloodied. Walks mm-hmm. out. It's all gone. Right. Like it never happened. Like he didn't we don't see him wipe his nose. Like he hit you hard. Like he was choking you. And like you it looks like nothing happened. You're just like, all right, give him the makeup. This like, movie needs a snotter cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need like the equivalent of that. Like, and what's and also also the microphone was in his back pocket the whole time. It never fell out yeah, during the fight. And nobody heard that going on. No one heard that, like, dude, they just shot somebody back there. Like, did you just hear some dude confess to killing his mom? Like, 
Maybe that's what they think hip hop concerts are like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we actually don't need you. At this that's movie. what the guy was writing. He was just like, "What do you think of hip hop concerts?" Like, I don't know, like murder confessions, <laughs> fights, <laughs> shootings, stabbings. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, write that. Write all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. So I have one one more important question. Um. So does Junebug take over now? <laughs> Who takes over <laughs> for Majestic? Hopefully this is the end of the drug game in New York. It's not, I'm sure. It's not, it's yeah. not. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Italians move back in. That's what happens. No, no, no. They got it. It's the Colombians. Well, I'm saying the Italians, like, no, it was, like, you still got the Colombians, but the Italians, they see this. We can seize some power. Take some land in Harlem. I have no clue if that's where they were, but, you know, usually in movies, that's where black people are in New York City. You're in Harlem. Or the Bronx. Or Hell's Kitchen, I don't know. Well, this was Queens. Oh, this was Queens? Yeah. Okay. See, I, I don't know anything. Don't listen to me. This is in Queens? That's where 50's from. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, isn't that where Captain America's from? No, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Who's from Spider-Man. Queens? Spider-Man's from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> and Daredevil's from Hell's Kitchen. That's right. Um. I So, I, I think there's some very interesting trivia notes here. Um, so apparently in a, in a 2005 interview with Conan O'Brien, 50 Cent said that the film is about 75% accurate. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 50 Cent talked Terrence Howard into the shower scene. Okay. I thought it'd be the other way around, but. Acting. Um, let me see here. I already said Terrence Howard was very unhappy with the movie claiming his screenplay. It's not the one that ended up so. Um, I, I don't know. Sam Jackson was offered the role of LeVar, but turned it down. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Sam Jackson? He would have acted 50 Cent into a hole. Oh, yes. More cursing, I'm, sh- I'm sure. <laughs> I, th- we'll probably get the, the script that Terrence Winter in, put, intended to write. So this is, this is what <laughs> Sam Jackson said. He told an interviewer that while he liked 50's music, <clears throat> he did not feel that 50 Cent earned the right Mm. To star in a film by Jim Sheridan. Okay. Six Academy Award nominations. I wonder <laughs> if, if, he, if he's thinking, like, this is the one that takes me over the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sam Jackson, he'll get in. Well, I won't say he'll get in every movie, but he's in a lot of movies. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> he has the uh, highest grossing, like, of uh, of the box office. If you combine the box box office of all his films, he has the highest of all time. Wow, I believe by far. But some of those, like okay, he was in Avengers, like the Star Wars sure. movies and mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah, 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 that's cheating. He chooses well. <laughs> so this could be another reason for people to hate Bono. Bono introduced Jim Sheridan to Fifty Cent. Hmm. A lot of people don't like him. That could be another reason why. Mm-mm-mm. That that's all the interesting stuff. There's not a ton of trivia, but. I thought the Sam Jackson one was very interesting. I think it's a completely different movie. Um, you don't have to struggle to hear Sam Jackson. Not at all. Yeah. I think it'd be funnier. <laughs> Unintentionally funnier. Like, how's your day, the motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I felt like as the movie went on, it, it, it kind of... <clears throat> It kind of lost steam after, um, 
like during the recovery mm-hmm. after the shooting. The return to New York. Yeah, I felt like it kind of lost steam there. Not that it was like so action packed. Um, because said like we don't know how majestic got Lavar arrested or got him sent to jail and then blamed Odell for everything, and we don't know what. Okay, Marcus doesn't want to sell drugs anymore. Now we have to kill him. Basically, that's what it's like. <laughs> you don't get out the drug game, bro. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the motivation for majestic is. Is very very thin, which I'm just like you know you have one rapper why not another you know, yeah. like Dangerous is making you a lot of money you know why not put some money behind Curtis they he's clearly more talented they could have collabed <laughs> yeah he could have been a ghostwriter Dangerous featuring Young Caesar you know just make it happen could have took over New York where did that name come from though like Young Caesar Caesar like... he looked in America <laughs> oh I got a Caesar I'm young kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be young in this movie. I'm still, in high school. Hey, still better than glitter, right? That's still, yeah. still it is better, better than glitter. Oh uh, uh, yeah, man. it was yeah, but uh, I don't know. Is it, but if Young Caesar and and Dangerous took over, uh, did Julius Caesar get stabbed nine times? <laughs> I I, I doubt it. No, I'm joking. How many it times? More than nine working? times, but it might have been by nine, nine people. people. Let's look that up. He pussy. He died. <laughs> still here. But Julius. What's funny is like now uh, the guy who plays Justice, he's on the. Um... Whoa. 23. 23 times? 23 times. Mm. The guy who plays Justice is on the uh, CBS reboot of The Equalizer. Okay. With Queen Latifah? Yeah. Okay. Um, he plays the the grizzled detective. Um I think I feel like in the first season he had an afro wig because it was and it was at that awkward um that awkward phase where it's it's not neat mm-hmm. but you can't comb it out any farther mm-hmm. you know it, it was that the worst phase <laughs> yeah and I think for this season, they kind of fixed it to where it's it's a little neater. I mean, it's still an afro, but it's not an awkward looking, okay. like, so do you f- need a lineup? Or, they fired Tyler or- Perry. <laughs> 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 oh, God, Tyler Perry. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know. I, I forgot he was in, in this movie. Hold on, was he really a writer on The Equalizer? No. Oh, no, okay. I meant the wig. I just meant for the wig. The wig. <laughs> I was like, No. He was he's the he's the plug for the wigs. I was gonna say at least he was letting other people write, but we know Tyler Perry no. does not do that. Writer's room, what's that? He doesn't know. He's never been, never he been in one. Work ethic. He wrote the whole. Yeah, uh, there's this show. I know, I've never watched it. There's a show he created called Bruh. Oh no. <laughs> I've unfortunately <laughs> seen a lot of his shows. My life was better before you because told me my it sister exists. has BET plus, <laughs> and she watches. Like he, the first season of Bruh has like twenty four episodes. Those twenty four episodes were shot in four days. Oh, How? Shit. That's not even. That doesn't even add up time wise. It's like thirty sec, thirty minute episodes. I'm guessing. Wow. I I don't know. He has non union actors, and they just worked around the clock. I guess so. He gave him coffee and cocaine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I believe that. I believe he does not hire because I have heard that he will hire young up and coming actors who don't have high demands mm. and just work them to death. Yeah, and they're and they're probably non union. And he's got his own studio, so he don't have to rent studios. Yeah, he's, you want to work? Want to work? Twenty four. <laughs> that is. And I bet he wrote every single one of them. Like oh, the, yeah. the ideas have to dry up. Directed all of them. Like the, probably uh, did the editing. The, <laughs> provided the wigs, costumes, craft services, <laughs> catering. I can see him doing all of this, just editing. Like, so do you he have an cut, editor? Yeah, like, he, you know, when people cutting corners, he cut all the corners. <laughs> That's why he's a billionaire yeah. now. Oh, God. At least we know he's earning it. I got, I got homemade brownies. <laughs> Thanks, my dear. That's why you see people drinking air on his sets. Because <laughs> he, he provided the water. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Forks with no food on it. I imagine he doesn't even really bring water. He just buys bags of ice and lets it melt. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone, man. Just... I mean, it's cold. Just, right? wait, a, just wait a little bit. <laughs> just wait a bit. Thanks, I'm Wait till about episode 17. It's in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. One one scene, like just one take. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Everything's Absolutely. one take. Everything is one take. It's like, that movie could... with the uh, the air water mm-hmm. and the... That was shot in five days. Yeah. Jeez, dude. Great. You know, I can't Great. hear that song from Rocky Horror Picture without hearing the Boondogs version. I cannot. I can't hear it. <laughs> All this is already cross dress for Christ. I just I instantly <laughs> hear it. Even if it's the real one playing, I hear it. Oh my god. Um so uh what do you think of of the films that bit since Ben saw it for the first time? The movie was awful. <laughs> like I did not know that a, a six time Oscar nominated director directed this. Um like I said, it looked good. It looked really good, like the lighting and everything. So, so you could tell it's made by competent film, like like filmmakers. But like, just Fifty Cent just brings down. So the like movie. I said, with Eight Mile, uh, directed by Curtis Hansen, who did L.A. Confidential, uh, and um, Too Big to Fail, the uh, oh, that's documentary about Enron. Oh, that's a great that's a great document. I'm thinking of Too Big to Fellas and um, or about Wall Street. Yeah, that's the one with um, Paul Giamatti and um, I think William Hurt. That's a good movie. Yeah, Uh, I think Eight Mile looked better while um, Get Richard Dodd Tron was more stylized. Like it looked like that a bigger budget. It did. Whereas, well, no, Eight Mile's budget was forty one million. Get Richard Dodd Tron was forty million. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it just it looks sleeker. Maybe it's because you know they're trying to, like, the life they're trying to um, glamorize and get Richard Dodd trying is very different. Like, they didn't try to make Eminem what he something that he wasn't. He still lived in a trailer park, worked at a factory, all that stuff. So it's very gritty. Whereas, like, Get Richard Dodd trying was a, a different type of gritty. It's like, hey, I'm selling drugs. I'm trying to convey this lifestyle of I'm this of a big time gangster doing A, B, and C. So it looked more sleek, and uh, it really didn't get grimy until he goes to, I guess, what upstate where he's at the beach and he's trying to heal. Then it looks a little bit more like Eight Mile, but then he gets right back in, and you got the the you know the glossy camera and all that stuff. It's yeah, 
uh, Eight Mile was written by Scott Silver, who would who what did he write? Um, guys, uncredited rewrites for X Men Origins Wolverine. Yikes! I, know Ooh, that's I wouldn't want to be uncredited. I would definitely want to be uncredited. Yeah, on that un- yeah uncredited. Uh, he wrote The Fighter, the one with uh, okay. Mark Wahlberg. You can take credit Christian for that. Um, <clears throat> and he co-wrote Joker. Okay. I have so. mixed feelings on that movie, but competently made, well well, well done film. Um, Eric, what, what did you... I know you, it's been a while since you had seen yeah. the film, but from what was gathered... Um, what what are your thoughts about what you remember about the film? Um, back in the day, Fifty Cent. I mean, the thing we know most about him is that he got shot nine times. <laughs> like that—that that was the thing that people just know about him. And for some reason, that was just the coolest shit. I guess it was cool because he survived. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I'm gonna kind of age myself a bit here, but I remember when Tupac got shot the first mm. time. It was like, oh, it's so cool. He survived. And you like, they have this like larger than life invulnerable which obviously is not true yeah. uh persona i guess and it was cool at the time it was just like oh it's so cool and the, al- the album get richard out trying very uh influential for hip-hop and it was just one of those uh first albums that i would listen to front to back you know mm-hmm. back then you know you you're just like oh i just want to hear the singles i just want to hear the songs that are on the radio um but all that being said based on everything i've heard today and seen today on the uh, YouTube video, it's just like there's so much movie on the cutting room floor that yeah. this just doesn't sound cohesive. It sounds like it could have been better if the blanks were filled in. Obviously, 50 Cent's not a great actor, um, or at least he wasn't at the time. I don't think he's much better now. Um, what is he? What is he acted in? Lately? I think he's in Power. Power. Yeah, he was in Power. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's still. Uh, and that that film where he plays the the college football player who gets cancer that nobody saw fucking wrist his body it went straight to video straight to dvd was he trying to be like christian bale or something pretty much yeah yeah (laughs) yeah all things fall apart or whatever it's called everybody saw that picture i was like oh shit 50's really going in for this role and nobody's oscar moment he's actually done a lot of direct to um direct to dvd direct to video movies well um Mm. well yeah with this one uh Again, based on what I've heard, I would not enjoy it as an adult. Release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. It was like a four-hour epic. <laughs> of, maybe it was great when they shot it. We gotta cut it down. We gotta cut it down. Yeah, there's so many details, so many, uh, you know, continuity errors. You know, you kind of nitpick those, but, like, all these, like, time jumps that we are not aware of and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know how things transpire. Like, it, it is things that are lost in the film, yeah. so. Nah. Yeah, um, I th- yeah, I think it was just one that was all over the place, um, and <laughs> it does have the uh, the trope of having the narration. Um, it is considered a hood movie, mm-hmm. um, but I think just trying, I I really think that they were trying to make Jimmy Iovine, that is trying to make Fifty as big of a star as Eminem. Uh, by ha- by using kind of exploiting that story, mm-hmm. and uh, having there be someone, another rapper from New York, 
uh, that that someone besides Jay Z, because that's supposed to be where all the great rappers are, mm-hmm. and you could really say that he's the last one, the last great one, and he, uh, or the the most recent great one, because Jay Z is still out there. I don't know who else is out there that's from New York that has that is as big of a star. I cannot think of anybody. You know, right before Atlanta took over. Yep, it's been all, it's all been all about the South ever since. Yeah, I mean, I guess what ASAP, the ASAP crew, but nah, not as big. But, not but as his big, his but style though is bitten from the South. Yeah, 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 that's true too. A lot of Houston influence. That's the last. Yeah, that's the last big rapper <laughs> I can think of. Yeah, fifty. ASAP. Everybody was about fifty. Yeah. Um everybody. He was white famous. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, that's how he got $40 million budget. For the mm-hmm. <laughs> movie about his life. <laughs> so, um, that'll do it for our discussion about Get Rich or Die Trying. It is on Amazon Prime. Um, it is on, uh, Hulu, or if you have the Showtime subscription, I think. Did he ever get rich, though? Do we know? Like, hmm. they, don't, they never asked that question, you know? Well, he didn't die at the end. He didn't die. That's, that's a, to me, <laughs> Therefore, that's the he is you know? still trying. I, I look for a post-credit uh-huh. scene, you know? like <laughs> I was like, they're going to tell me if he got rich or if he died trying. I got to know. <laughs> he took off his shirt. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're going to shoot him. It's gonna be like he's going to take it off. like, suck up. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Don't get too. Um, right there. <laughs> uh, my earum of the week. Uh, I guess we've all listened to Silk Sonic at least a little bit. Um, the track that I like the most is the very last track on the album called Blast Off. Um, yeah, it's a song about smoking weed or whatever. It is. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know, I felt like it was a good song to to end the album with. I felt that it ended very nicely. So uh, Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack. This is Blast Off, and we'll be right back.
All right, that is Silk Sonic Blast Off from their album "An Evening with Silk Sonic." Nice. I haven't heard, I haven't heard the whole thing yet, but I like this. It's smooth. Um, I can't help but think this would be like if Philip Bailey and Phil Collins made a full album. Essentially, you've got a singer, a drummer that sings. I don't know. I'm reaching here, but I don't know because I think the thing with with Philip Bailey. With singers like him and like Eddie Kendricks, <laughs> there's only so much falsetto you can take at one time. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot of Phil Collins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I, I just always think about that because like you don't have a lot of singing drummers, and um, I don't know. I just I just think about that often because I mean clearly you know Anderson played drums on every track. I've been enthralled with with they had two bass players on on the album. And they're very, very good bass players. Um, just because that type of stuff, really, you know, I get into that type of stuff. But it's been interesting looking at who played on what and their production and everything. And not to prolong the episode, but what Bomani Jones talked about where how most people who listen to hip hop see, understand a producer to be one thing versus, you know, what producers usually can do in terms of like producing vocals and how he thought Anderson Pack sounded better on his vocals than he's probably ever sounded. Yeah. Because he's working with like top-notch producers on this thing, so. and he brought up an under a part yeah. that people don't talk about with Dr. Dre being yeah. a great vocal producer. Yeah, the way that Snoop sounds, yeah, that came from Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. where it's a little sing-songy, it's very smooth. Yeah, um, and it just sounded different from anybody else at that time, and kind of. Everyone on the West Coast, a lot of rappers on the West Coast were kind of like chasing that, like ever since. Yeah. Um, so that was a great point as well. Even though I'm not sure if if Anderson Pack was the one in charge producing the album, if it would sound that much different. I'd be curious. I mean, it sounds to me, it sounds compared to what he's done in the past versus looking at Bruno Mars's work, it sounds very polished. Mm-hmm. Which you you get typically with a pop album. You're going to make sure that everything sounds good. You're going to compress everything, add reverb where you need to. You're going to use all these different techniques to get these, you know, to get a very nice sound. Because, I mean, like, it's a, the sound is from the 70s, but it sounds like if you made it today. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think if Anderson Pack produced it, it might actually sound like it came from the 70s. You get more of, I think, like like the the internet maybe. More of more of that type of sound versus what you got from here. Just my thought. I don't know. Um, let's bring us to the end of the episode. Uh, Eric, you want people to find you? Where can they find you? You can find me pretty much anywhere except OnlyFans at <laughs> the Eric V, and that is the like Megan the Stallion's the, um, with another E, and then <laughs> Rick V, um, and it's a V, not a five. Um, and that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitch. You want to find me on YouTube, search up streamer school to learn anything about live streaming. All righty. There's a podcast. There used to be a podcast. I had to, I had to back out of it. Oh, you're not in it anymore? Not anymore. We're still cool. That podcast is called Dead End Game and feel free to check it out. But if you want to see me go to the old shit pre-August, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I had to, uh, it's been I, had, a while. I had to back out of it only because, um, my streaming schedule was really busy and um 
I just didn't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to it. Like, well, I didn't have a, a lot of time to dedicate to myself because mm. I'm still working full time, streaming 15 hours a week, trying to make YouTube videos, including editing, which is very time consuming, plus that podcast. So mm. it was just like, it was, I'm like, what do I, what do I remove? I'm like, all right, I'll back out of the gotcha. podcast. But we're still cool. We um, streamed on Twitch all together Tuesday. Gotcha. Um, we played Halo Infinite. It is great. I dated myself. It's been a while since I've listened to the pod, but. All good. Yeah, yeah. A, lo- a lot of people, a lot of people who are like fans are like, oh, what? Can't wait to hear the podcast. I'm like, oh, you ain't been listening. <laughs> I ain't been on that thing. It's about to be December. Nah, but um, mm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still um awesomely cool. It's a spinoff of Dead and Hip Hop. If you uh like listening to hip hop, if you like listening to gaming stuff, check out Dead and Gaming. Dope. All right. Um, what should we end the show with? Could be window shopper. Could I really like the rain or... song when it rains it pours. Is that from the soundtrack? Uh, Maybe it should be. I like that song. That should that that should be his lead single. Yeah, that was that's on that's that was on the soundtrack. The prison not, song. Not closing it out with dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Lame ducks. <laughs> Keep your chain tucked. Uh, no. <laughs> Greatest rapper ever, man. All right, uh, that'll end this particular episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon. Peace. Peace. One shot, one kill. What's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal? Listen, little homie, when it rains, it pours. Hollow tips and talents, when it rains, it pours. Get caught in lead showers just because. Niggas ain't playing, when it rains, it pours. Niggas get set up, it's when it rains, it pours. End up wet up. When it rains, it pours. It usually goes down over money and hoes. But little homie in my hood, when it rains, it pours. Ain't nothing changed. Niggas doing the same old shit. Them new hollow tips and them same old clips.